the best of Weird AF News 2020. I'm your host, Jonesy. Thank you for being here, weirdos. Thank you for supporting this podcast for a whole year. Another year in the books, guys. Going to be four years of Weird AF News starting now. Uh, it's been a weird year, 2020. It was difficult for me to pick the weirdest stories, but I think I chose the funniest ones, the craziest headlines. 2020 overall, what can we say? It was one of the weirder years of our lives, not just because of COVID, but for a lot of other reasons. It just seems like the world and life is getting stranger and stranger, uh, or maybe that's just me. It seems that way to me, and I'm grateful because it's given me a lot of material for Weird AF News. I hope I was able to make you laugh a few times and make you forget your... Forget your worries. Uh, goodness knows we needed to forget our worries and be distracted this year, for sure, for sure, for many reasons. If this is your first time listening to Weird AF News, uh, this one's going to be over two hours long. It's typically not that long. We usually do under 20 minutes, three weird stories from around the world a day. Today's is a very special episode, though. Uh, over two hours of Weird AF News, the best of 2020, at least what I thought were the best stories, and uh, I'm going to take a day off tomorrow. That's Tuesday, so there won't be an episode tomorrow. Uh, I figure I've just given you enough weird news to get you through two days, so I hope you appreciate it and enjoy it. I want to thank you all for being there for me and supporting the show in 2020, and I look forward to another weird year with all of you, 2021. I'm sure it's going to be bizarre, and uh, I'll be here for it. I'll be putting out five episodes a week as I've done for a long, long time. And uh, yeah, so look forward to that. And I, uh, once again, I just want to say how grateful I am for everyone who has been there uh, throughout the years supporting the show, being loyal listeners. And uh, we'll do it again for another year, guys. Thank you. And here we go for the best of 2020 Weird AF News. Yay! Smoke a fatty and laugh it up with Jonesy in Weird AF News. Oh, yeah. A carjacker on meth, a man and his pet goat, and an adult video store, and this time, it's not Florida. That's actually the title of this article, and I had to do it. This sounds lovely. What could all of this, how could all of this come together? This is in Oklahoma. A man stole a pickup truck with a sleeping passenger inside and a pet goat inside. Okay. Driving 130 miles through parts of three states before he was finally arrested. He carjacked a guy and his goat and drove 130 miles. It's a major carjacking. The poor goat, probably very uncomfortable. Was it this man's emotional support goat? I wonder. If it was, then the man probably felt totally fine being carjacked. Because, you know, if you're going to be carjacked, you want your emotional support goat with you. That way you don't feel so bad. You know, these emotional support animals can get you through anything, I've heard. <laughs> uncomfortable flights. You know the deal. Brandon Kirby, age 40, is charged with kidnapping, pointing firearms, and felony possession of a firearm. Kirby already was wanted on a burglary charge, according to the media. And now he's carjacking dudes that own goats. Very strange. I bet he didn't imagine he was doing that today. The ordeal began early morning outside an adult video store in Missouri, you know, where wonderful things are happening, you know, outside adult video stores in the Midwest. You can imagine. That's where you want to meet your future husband or wife. Just hang out in parking lots outside of adult video stores. You'll meet a quality individual there, especially in the state of Missouri. Two men in a pickup truck arrived at the store. The driver went inside. The male passenger stayed in the truck with his pet goat, and he dozed off. Bro, how long were you in that sex shop? So long that your, your passenger took a nap? 
Get in and get out, bro. What are you doing? Trying everything out? Flicking through the magazines like a weirdo? These video stores are so bizarre. I can't even believe they exist. All right, so the guy goes into the store. He says, wait here, bro. I'm going to go in there and look at some girly magazines. And then he was like, I'll just be chilling with Millie. And then Millie was like, meh. According to the Associated Press, the victim woke up to find this Kirby individual who was already in trouble for felony burglary. He's wearing a mask. Oh, boy, he was wearing a mask to do this carjacking. It doesn't say what kind of mask it was. Can you imagine what it was? Do you think it was Iron Man? He woke up and this guy's Kirby's driving the vehicle while pointing a gun at his head. An arrest report shows Kirby took methamphetamine and pistol whipped. He pistol whipped the victim several times during the trip. He reportedly continually threatened the victim as well. Doesn't say what he did to the goat, at least this far into the article. Did you pistol whip the goat, bro? Can't be pistol whipping goats. That's not very nice. Poor goat has nothing to do with anything. The goat doesn't even want to be at the video store. The goat's like, this is ridiculous. Don't you have Pornhub at home, you dummies? Why are you going to the sex shop? Kirby led the victim and his pet goat out of the truck on the side of the road. Oh, was that before he went on his 130-mile jaunt? The victim called 911. Police used stop sticks on the vehicle. But Kirby kept driving on flat tires. He kept going with the flat tires. He's on meth. He don't care. Don't stop, won't stop on the meth. Finally, an Oklahoma state trooper used his patrol car to push the truck into a ditch. Kirby reportedly jumped out of the truck and ran. He was found hiding in the tall grass. <laughs> That's where you find your, your hasty, masked, pistol-whipping methamphetamine users. In the tall grass. Hiding. No doubt looking for a goat. <laughs> this is all. He's all about the goats, guys. Right? I'm wondering if he... Did he get arrested for goat napping? Is that, a, is that a crime in Missouri? I'd imagine it is. Goat napping. Can't be jacking goats. You know what I mean? And by the way, what is the deal with these pet goats, man? I've been seeing them. People have them. I guess they're pretty cool. I don't know, though. These wild animals as pets. I guess wild animal and eh, not wild. I mean, it's a domesticated animal, correct? Right. It's a goat. But like, you know, can you imagine a goat inside your house? It's going to screw things up, I'd imagine. You know? You, how do you control a goat? Does anybody have a pet goat? Can tell me? I mean, I'm, I'm open to it. I'm not going to totally poo-poo the idea. You know, I like animals. And I'm just thinking a goat's going to knock over your coffee maker and, I don't know, break your dishwasher. I just imagine. Chew everything. It's going to chew up everything. It's going to chew your wife's nipples off. Who knows what it's going to chew? The couch is done. The couch is done after a week. I guarantee you with a goat in the house, the couch is done. Maybe I'm wrong, though. <coughs> Easter is almost here, and Floridians got a big surprise. Some of them found Easter eggs in their mailbox containing porn. Palm Coast, Florida. A 43-year-old woman has been accused of placing plastic Easter eggs that contained porn in residents' mailboxes. She told the arresting deputies that, actually, it's okay. I'm educating people. What's this woman's name? April Sistoni. Uh, she was arrested and charged with multiple counts of distributing obscene materials. Well, this is a nice time to receive some obscene materials, in my opinion. I'd love to get some obscene materials. I'm so bored right now. <laughs> Please, send me obscene materials, everybody. <laughs> According to the investigators, 
deputies received multiple complaints from residents who said that their mailbox flag had been left in the up position. Now, when they looked inside, they found plastic Easter eggs. Yay! Well, it is Easter, right? And it's not out of the ordinary to find an Easter egg on your, on your daily journey. But uh, inside these Easter eggs wasn't chocolate or anything of the sort. No treats except for a, um, a goldfish-shaped cracker. I wonder if that's like one little tiny goldfish. Um, so a goldfish-shaped cracker, a sheet of toilet paper, one sheet of toilet paper, some powdered drink mix, which they don't say what it was, and a piece of paper that had a pornographic image on it. <laughs> this is the strangest Easter bunny ever, right? This is like a <laughs> this is an Easter bunny on on crack. On Wednesday night, the sheriff's office got calls about a woman seen placing items in mailboxes. And when the deputies stopped this late, this woman, uh, later identified as Abril Sistoni, she admitted she had done that in order to educate people. Deputies, of course, found a bag full of pornographic material inside her car. Thankfully, she did not appear to be sick with COVID-19, the deputy said. But she certainly needs some help. This again proves that see something, say something. It, it works. And we thank the community for being part of our guardianship and our philosophy. Uh, Sistoni was also charged with driving with a suspended license and violating the state order against conducting travel not related to an essential activity. <laughs> what do you mean? This is essential. She's delivering toilet paper and something to wank to. Okay, this is, these are dire times. I need toilet paper. I need something to touch myself to. This is essential as far as I'm concerned. And we don't know what that powdered beverage was. Maybe that was some delicious Kool-Aid and a flavor that you don't get often. You know, Kool-Aid can be delicious. <laughs> some more information about this woman. Apparently, she worked at the Publix grocery store nearby and would deliver the eggs after her shift ended. Uh, also, when asked why she was doing this, uh, she said she put the messages inside the eggs because she said she wanted to educate people on the need for churches and pastors to give money to the less fortunate. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah I know, because when I receive some unsolicited pornographic material, I immediately think I should give money to the church, <laughs> right? Abril <laughs> uh, stated that she was a, quote, church herself and had a business license. She said she was conducting research on local clergy and people deserve to know the truth. That's what the arrest report says. She, this woman thinks she's a church, apparently. She's the Church of Easter Egg Porn. I've never heard of this particular denomination, but um, it's Easter-related, so it must be uh, a Christian sect, I'd imagine. <laughs> Here's another quote from the show. She certainly has a bizarre, almost zealous opinion of churches and uh, what they should believe in and how they should teach the teachings of the Bible. <laughs> yeah, she does. She does. And uh, she just gave me an idea to uh, host a pornographic Easter egg hunt. Yes, every little egg will feature a little treat. In there. You gotta find them in my house, guys. <laughs> this is one of the most bizarre stories I have ever, ever come across. Uh, of course, it's Florida. Of course. Happy Easter, everybody. <laughs> the Forest Service recommends hugging trees while you can't hug others. Yes. The Forestry Service is encouraging people to hug some trees while social distancing measures prevent them from hugging other human beings. Forest rangers in the Halormastore National Forest in Iceland have been diligently clearing snow-covered paths to ensure that locals can enjoy the great outdoors without coming in too close of a contact with other guests, but also to get up close and personal with their forest friends. They're shoveling paths right to the trees so you can give a tree a hug. 
They want you to know that when you hug a tree, you feel it first in your toes, and then up your legs, and into your chest, and then up into your head. <laughs> Are you a maniac, forest ranger? Who's saying these things? Yes, when you hug a tree, it feels it, you feel it in your arms because your arms are touching the tree you feel it in your knees because they're against the tree you feel it in your face if you get close enough go on kiss the tree kiss the bark give it a nice little lick you know trees enjoy affection as well you know if you could just lick a tree and maybe don't be shy dry hump a tree today it'll it'll feel good for you and the tree trust me <laughs> the forest ranger says it's such a wonderful feeling of relaxation, and then you're ready for a new day and some new challenges. <laughs> yes, I've hugged my trees. I'm ready for a new day. What are these rangers on? What are they smoking? I want some of that. I will take a tab of whatever you've eaten, and then I'll hug a tree all day. In a time when close contact and embracing is discouraged for risk of spreading COVID-19 infection, the trees, they want you to know, can offer a sense of comfort. This forest ranger, who I can't pronounce the last name, I guess it's Pua, <laughs> urges visitors to the National Forest in Iceland to take precautions not to all hug the same tree at the same time. You know, spread out your love, <laughs> of course. Don't, don't engage in tree-hugging orgies. He recommends that people walk deeper into the forest rather than stopping at the first tree that they encounter. There are plenty of trees out there. It doesn't have to be the first big and stout one it can be it could first of all it doesn't have to be big and stout it can be any size you know we we tend to want to hug hug the biggest ones out there but you know that means the smaller trees and ferns don't get as much affection as the larger ones and they feel left out of the process <laughs> and then they need they need decades of therapy afterward <laughs> this guy says people should take their time you know reap the full benefits of their tree hugging 5 minutes is really what i recommend it's very good <laughs> If you can give yourself five minutes of your day to hug a tree, that's definitely enough. You can also do it many times a day. <laughs> I can't. I can't even take this seriously. You can also do it many times a day. That wouldn't hurt. And that wouldn't hurt, he says. But once a day will definitely do the trick, even, even for just a few days. <laughs> do you mean a few consecutive days and then take a break? Oh, my goodness. What do you... you Oh, this is unbelievable. Rangers <laughs> rangers have marked out intervals of two meters within the forest so that visitors are able to enjoy nature without fear of getting too close to one another. It's recommended that people get outdoors during this, ter this ter terrible, horrible time, says Berggren, Anna Poshlin-Sodonta, is, who is an assistant forest ranger at Halamastata. <laughs> Why not enjoy the forests and hug a tree and get some energy from this place? Why not? Uh, when you find the right tree, uh, Paul has further recommendations for getting the most out of your embrace. Here's, here's what Paul recommends. <laughs> it's also really nice to close your eyes while you're hugging a tree. I, I like to lean my cheek up against the trunk and feel the warmth and the currents flowing from the tree and into me. <laughs> you can really feel it, I'm telling you. <laughs> you feel those currents flowing from the tree into you. Wow, unbelievable. These maniacs, where did they find these rangers? They're all on drugs, seriously. <laughs> I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, hey, you know, I, I'm bored, though. What the hell? I'll go try hugging a tree. What do you, would you guys be into that? <laughs> How about you send Jonesy a photo of you hugging a tree? Uh, my email's funnyjones at gmail.com. I, I promise you it'll make my day. I promise you. And tell me... Better yet, why don't you shoot a video of you hugging a tree and tell me how you feel. Do you feel... 
Tell me about the what it, what it feels like to put your cheek up against the trunk and feel the warmth and the currents flowing from the tree into you. You can really feel it. Yay! The German police bust underground hairdressers. Well, you guys know the deal, right? You're you're stuck in your home. You're alone. You need a haircut. It's been weeks. You look in the mirror. You're like, God, I'm out of shape. My hair's unkempt. It's way too long. I'm never going to get a job after this. I need to get all cleaned up. Who's going to do it, though? I don't trust my wife. I don't trust my husband. I'm certainly not going to let one of my kids take some shears to my precious head. I don't trust anybody with a Floby even at this point. What are you going to do? Well, for some people, you go look for underground hairdressers. Who'd ever thought, hey, you need a haircut? Follow me. It's like buying drugs. You follow a guy into an alley behind some secret door under a dumpster. Next thing you know, you're getting an underground secret haircut. The mafia is probably giving haircuts out, I'd imagine. The article says, Finding the perfect fringe during these times of confinement may prove to be an expensive gamble. First of all, what the hell is a fringe? Is that what Germans call a haircut? Yes, you're looking very good, helmet. Yes, that's why. Oh, thank you very much, Stuart. Yeah, I got a nice fringe today. You mean a haircut, you dummy. <laughs> yes, I mean a haircut. The German police went underground to uncover two makeshift hairdressing salons over the weekend. I wonder if the uh, underground German agents went in to get the haircut and then they busted them as soon as they whipped out the, si the scissors. Yes, could you take a little officer back, please? Yes. Now hold it right there, you underground hairdresser. You shall come down to the station and explain yourself. You're run running an underground hair salon sting ring. <laughs> when the officers arrived at the salons carefully installed in the cellars of two private homes, people were having their hair done, the police said in a statement. Two people were, wait were waiting for a cut or a fringe in Elsenfeld and another in a cellar in Momlingen according to the German agency DPA, which claims that the salons were professionally equipped. Professionally equipped. You mean they had uh, some shears and a comb and a chair? <laughs> yes, we, we've busted these underground hair salons. You'd be surprised at the sophisticated level of preparation. They had a chair and a mirror and a comb and scissors. Oh, certainly. They've been building up for this for many years to take advantage of this. People have, in, have opened investigations for non-compliance with lockdown measures, which in Bavaria are among the strictest in Germany. I guess they're very strict. Under these rules, which were set out in March when confinement began, leaving your home without, quote, valid reason is actually punishable by a fine of 150 euros. Hair salons there are closed like other businesses. They're considered non-essential. However, they're going to be opening on May 4th in the country as part of a gradual deconfinement. But some people can't wait that long for a haircut. I couldn't. I couldn't wait that long for a haircut. So I had to have a friend cut my hair. Yeah, I did it. I took the risk. And by the way, it came out pretty decent. Better than if I did it myself. I admit, I watched like three YouTube videos of people cutting their hair by themselves. And I thought for a moment that it would be possible for me to do such a thing. Uh, it was risky. I knew that, but I was willing to take that risk. But then I came to my senses after holding a pair of 
unqualified scissors to my to my head, looking in the mirror. I had a second mirror so I could see the back, but I just couldn't follow through with it because I knew I would just screw it up beyond recognition. I didn't even trust myself. It's hard times right now. I don't blame people for going to underground barbers, and I don't see what's wrong with it. I thought it was very strange that hair salons weren't considered essential essential businesses and were shut down. I thought that was odd. It's definitely essential. Gyms, essential. Certain essential, what I consider essential businesses were shut down. Do you guys agree with that or not? Do you think that the hair salons are non-essential? Uh, and what are you doing to cut your hair? Are you braving it? Doing it yourself? Are you putting yourself in the hands of a loved one? It's okay to get a bad haircut right now of all times because, let's admit, even if it's crappy, nobody's going to see it. A welcome mat at a Florida home read, Come back with a warrant. So deputies came back with a warrant and found some drugs. Yes, a welcome mat at the front door of a Florida home read, Come back with a warrant. You know, that's typical. They just want to be friendly, these Floridians. They probably don't have drugs inside. There's probably not any contraband inside. I mean, you've got to be out of your mind to have contraband in your own home and also have a welcome mat that says come back with a warrant. Am I right, guys? <laughs> probably not. This is Florida. Well, anyways, come back with a warrant. And that's exactly what deputies did. And guess what they found inside? Drugs and drug paraphernalia. The Daytona Beach News Journal reports that the home in Palm Coast was part of an investigation into illegal drugs. After seeing the doormat, authorities say the Flagler County Sheriff's Office got the warrant. <laughs> I guess that was pretty easy. We need a warrant for this place. Why do you need a warrant? Well, the doormat says we should get a warrant. Oh, okay, here you go. They probably have drugs. Yes, they did. Deputies found fentanyl and drug paraphernalia inside during a search last week. Here's a quote from County Sheriff Rick Staley, which is a, the most amazing sheriff name ever. You're born Rick Staley. You have to be a county sheriff. Rick Staley. Here's a quote from Rick. He says, the poison peddler had a doormat that said, come back with a warrant. So we did. <laughs> I love how he called it the poison peddler. You mean the drug, the drug dealer? Is that what you call a poison peddler? Dang, Rick. We came back with a warrant. Our detectives did a great job in following up on the tips that they received on this residence. We still have some follow-up work to do, but for now, the deadly drugs and the syringes seized are off the damn streets. That's right. I'm Rick Staley. I get them drugs off the streets. <laughs> he says they have some follow-up work to do. I wonder what that could be. Well, you know, we found a cabinet and written upon it was drugs inside beware so we're probably going to follow up on that we also found a safe that said uh, uh drug money inside and we're uh, wondering if maybe we should open that bad boy up as well these are the follow up things that we got to do you know it's hard being an investigator these days <laughs> uh investigators say there were four people inside but no arrests were made immediately no arrests how you found paraphernalia Rick Staley, what kind of sheriff are you? You bust in on them and you don't even arrest them? You found the evidence, Rick. The Florida Department of Children and Families were contacted because, oh no, a child was at the home. Goodness gracious, these poor Florida children. These, are, This is the worst ever. The Florida children, my heart just goes out. Can we raise some money for the Florida children, for crying out loud? We're always raising money for animals. It's always like, please raise money for the wombat. 
that's endangered in Florida. We're trying to save the Everglades, guys. Come on. Let's raise some money for the Everglades. Yeah, how about raising money for some of these Florida children? My goodness. You seen the environment down there they're living in? It's unbelievable. The the people in your home are selling drugs. So then you go outside to play and there's alligators mating in front of your lawn. How do you live down there? Please give money to the Florida children. Nobody's helping. A mayor lies in a coffin and pretends to be a COVID-19 victim in order to avoid an arrest after breaking lockdown to go drinking. (laughs) This headline is unbelievable. The mayor of a small town in Peru exhibited some shocking behavior when he pretended to be dead after being caught by authorities violating coronavirus lockdown rules. Jamie Rolando Urbina Torres had been out drinking with his friends. He was violating the lockdown orders, of course. Well, the police officers found Torres lying in an open casket while wearing a face mask when they came to arrest him Monday night. The authorities revealed that he had violated curfew and social distancing laws in order to drink some alcohol with his buddies, and he was drunk at the time that he was arrested. The mayor has been accused of not taking the threat of coronavirus very seriously at all. He has also been called out for failing to implement safety measures across town. Oh, no way. He didn't implement safety measures? (laughs) This guy that was drinking himself with his buddies? I'm so surprised. Peru was officially placed into lockdown around 66 days by the central government. According to outraged officials, Torres spent only eight days in the town ever since the lockdown was implemented. Well, where was he? I'm wondering. Torres also did not put any safety measures into place. Well, of course he didn't. He was drunk and he was cavorting with his friends, not social distancing. On May 9th, Torres was forced to show up to a town meeting where he had to defend himself. Instead, he unleashed a series of angry rants against the locals. Was he drunk at the meeting as well? Who is this guy? How does someone like this get elected as mayor? I'm just dumbfounded. Local media revealed how he was shot down by his own officials when he gave excuses for his negligence in dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Listen, all right, I was drinking with my friends, but we were discussing mayoral issues, okay? We were discussing what to do about the community and COVID, okay? Torres was also accused of failing to put any measures and safety checks to make sure people from outside town can't enter. I'll tell you right now, if you're in one of the surrounding towns, you're going to want to go to this town if you want to have a good time. You're like, what's the town that allows you to go to bars? (laughs) Oh, that place that Torres is running. (laughs) You can go over there and he'll actually drink with you all night long. Wow. The article ends by saying the difficulty that Peru has seen um, dealing with the coronavirus and all the cases. And of course, when you have people in charge of communities like this guy Torres, it's not going to help the situation much at all, right? I mean, the fella is supposed to be setting an example on how you uh, deal with this current pandemic, including social distancing, not having a party. But he can't seem to control himself. It's very, very sad. Perhaps my favorite part about the story, though, is how he thought he could just pretend to be dead in a coffin and nothing would happen to him. (laughs) I'll just put a mask on and lay in this coffin. Oh, yeah, they won't know. They're not going to know. They're going to think you rose from the dead in a week when you're back out drinking and making plans. Is that what you think was going to happen, Torres? Wow, this is just a fool, fool, foolish person, you know. And I don't know what you do with a mayor. Can you impeach a mayor? I don't know if impeachment works with mayors. I have no idea. But I've never heard of a mayor just that just really didn't have his shit together like this guy. So you got to do something. I feel sorry for you, Peru. I do. I will surely say a prayer.
Nah, not really. I don't pray. A man is facing a $7,000 fine for wrestling with a bear at a Polish zoo and breaking COVID-19 rules by not wearing a face mask. Sir, what is wrong with you? You know you need to wear a mask when you're breaking into Polish zoos and wrestling with bears, you silly man. You can't be pile-driving bears without a mask. That's dangerous. A man's been fined for animal cruelty. Cruelty? (laughs) Did he win the fight? (laughs) Unbelievable. After he jumped into a bear enclosure at a Polish zoo and wrestled with one of the animals. First of all, are zoos opened in Poland? I had no idea. The 23-year-old who was thought to have been drunk at the time, yeah, no shit, drunk, uh, was filmed by baffled visitors at Warsaw's Zoo, which had just reopened after Poland's coronavirus lockdown was eased. Oh, they're just opening up zoos in Europe now, are they? The parks are still closed in Paris, but the zoos are opened in Warsaw. That makes no sense to me. In this video at the zoo, the unnamed man who's 23 years old and really a little too old to be wrestling a bear, in my opinion, you want to you wanna do that as a teenager... <laughs> He can be seen wandering around an artificial island while a large bear called Sabrina moved towards him. <laughs> Sabrina? That's a... Hmm, is that a Polish name? When the intruder spots the elderly ex-circus bear, he panics, throws himself into the water surrounding the exhibit. Oh no, he was afraid of Sabrina. I would be too. At first he tries to swim away from Sabrina, but the animal trots after him and then launches itself into the river as well. As the crowd watches on... Oh man. Can you imagine watching this? This would be the best day of my life. Oh, my goodness. I'd be so thrilled to see this happen in real time right in front of my face at the zoo. I'd be like, this is the best day at the zoo ever. As the crowd watches, the pair grapple and they wrestle in the water for more than a minute. He wrestled a bear in the water? Wow. At one point, the man jumps on the bear's back while tightly holding onto its ears. Come on. Eventually, he pushes the bemused creature away before desperately scrambling out of the water and climbing to the top of the artificial island. Now, a spokesman for the zoo explained that the man was very lucky. Only Sabrina was in the enclosure at that time. Uh, Here's a quote from this guy. She used to belong to circus and is accustomed to presence of people, but she absolutely did not expect human attack. Sabina. Oh, it says Sabina down here. Up here it says Sabrina. Well, which is it? Sabrina or Sabina? Sabina, an old bear who was attacked by an adult man, physically came out of this event unscathed. She's very stressed right now. We have a very stressed bear on our hands. Of course this bear is stressed. Goodness gracious. Imagine you're just chilling at a zoo. You're eating your twigs and berries or whatever the hell bears eat. Next thing you know, some human jumps in there with a with a young haircut and probably carrying some human viruses who knows definitely some human germs ew humans are gross that that just ruins your day had one of the zoo's younger and less docile bears been present the intruder could have suffered serious injuries (laughs) is this a good polish accent i have no idea after the firefighters arrived to rescue the man from the enclosure he was arrested and charged with animal cruelty and disturbing the peace and for not wearing a face mask under Poland's COVID-19 regulations. The guy was wasted. Are you out of your mind? You expect him to be prepared with a mask? A drunk person entering a zoo bear enclosure? You expect him? That's like fining him for having his shoes untied or something stupid. Or like fining him for jaywalking to the zoo that day. So silly. This guy was sentenced to 20 hours per month of community service. That's it? Wow. Poland, really? Slap on the wrist? You know what would happen in the U.S. if he did this, man. 
He also faces a fine of between one and six thousand dollars. He's been forced to promise to give up alcohol. How do they work that in Poland? We also want you to promise to give up alcohol. Do you promise? Do you? Okay, pay, you're gonna work for twenty hours community service and promise promise not to give up the promise to give up alcohol. You promise not to look at a bear for the rest of your days. Unbelievable. Well, the zookeeper says. Now it says Sabrina. So what is it, Sabina or Sabrina? Sabrina was not harmed during the scuffle. I should hope not. What kind of big grizzly bears harmed by a 23-year-old? She's very nervous, though, and they had to placate her. This bear has to be placated. See what you did, sir? You ruined her day. Sabina has suffered much great psychological discomfort. (laughs) It's terrible. What are you doing over there? Hmm? Just wear, if you're going to break into a zoo cage, by the way, just wear a mask. Wear a mask. Disclaimer. Disclaimer number two in this episode. Do not break into zoos and wild animal types of enclosures, even if you are wearing a mask and don't jaywalk. It's dangerous. i got to cover all my bases here so nobody sues me. I have nothing. <laughs> a Florida man is accused of kicking a chicken like a football player would kick a field goal. How dare you, Florida man, kick a chicken? we got to get to the bottom of this, though. Why would he kick a chicken like a field goal? Is this some sort of chicken football game that I've never heard of before? I like sports. Monroe County, Florida. A Florida man was upset about the noise a chicken was making. Oh, geez. Grabbed the bird and kicked it like a football player would kick a field goal. That's the quote. It's according to the Monroe County Sheriff's Office report. He kicked it like a football player would kick a field goal. Was it good, though? Did it go through the uprights? That's what I want to know. Did he get three points with that chicken? The deputies say 43-year-old Nicholas Kevin Chu. Oh, this is the chicken kicker. His girlfriend was calling the police on him to report that he kicked a chicken while they were arguing. (laughs) What a strange thing to do in the middle of an argument. And another thing. I'm tired of your parents. I don't like your in-laws. Hold on a second, honey. And it's up and it's good. He kicked the chicken while they were arguing. And she was worried about the bird and whether or not its leg might be broken. She was concerned about the leg. This girlfriend really cared about the chicken, not so much about her boyfriend. Chu reportedly admitted to kicking the chicken out of his way because he was upset with the bird's noises, the records show. But it was a separate witness who said the suspect kicked this animal with the same amount of force that an athlete would use to kick a field goal. Ooh, who said that? What witness came forward. I declare I witnessed the chicken kick. That chicken kicker did not kick it very gently. That chicken kicker kicked it like an athlete would kick a field goal, like a football player would put it right through the uprights, you know, someone who makes a lot of money to use their foot for uh, violent ways on the gridiron, you know. (laughs) The Rhode Island red chicken named Hun. Man, this chicken's got a backstory. Amazing. Hun the chicken was found standing nearby on one leg. It was Taken to an animal hospital. Oh, he kicked one of the legs off. This, this son of a bitch, Chew. A chicken abuser. Well, anyways, Hun was taken to the animal hospital where a veterinarian determined it had suffered four broken ribs. The bird has since been reunited with its owner, who chose to press charges. Good for you, owner of Hun, the chicken. Chew was arrested on animal cruelty charges. Press charges, that chicken kicker. <laughs> Am I right? You can't just be walking around kicking people's chickens like it's a football through an upright. You just can't do that. You can't be kicking chickens like it's a soccer ball. You can't even kick a chicken gently, I say. 
What the chicken do to you? It was loud? Yeah, chickens are loud, dumbass. Why don't you move your, uh, your domestic spat to a more quiet area of the field and get away from the chicken coops, you stupid chew? That's just my opinion. I'll keep you guys posted on the state of affairs and whether or not Hun is going to recover from the injuries. <laughs> Yay! The police arrest a man who claimed he was making healthy meth. You know, the healthy meth, the kind with chia seeds in it. <laughs> a Colorado man is facing drug charges. Police say that he told them he was attempting to create a healthy meth substance with acai berries. <laughs> acai berries, unbelievable. Inside a meth lab in his garage, you know, where, where all healthy inventions have the, their germination in a garage. Although a search of the garage did not turn up any methamphetamine. Oh, that's bizarre. What about the berries? What's this weirdo's name? Craig Williams Rogers, age 49, was arrested on suspicion of controlled substance possession, possession of drug paraphernalia, and unlawful distribution, manufacturing, and dispensing of a controlled substance. Uh, the police officers say they received a tip, including pictures of the meth lab. Rogers was seen leaving the home in a pickup truck. And then he was stopped. He acknowledged that he had meth inside a pipe in the center console of his truck. Yes, that's, that's meth down there, but it's healthy meth. Officers, would you like to take a hit? It has strawberries in it. Strawberries. I've also added a little psyllium husk in the meth. That helps you poop. If you don't know, give it a try. <laughs> you can use my bathroom, officers. This will make you regular. He admitted he was making meth at home. And he said it was a healthy meth substance because there were acai berries inside it. <laughs> Booking documents do not indicate if Rogers has an attorney who can speak on his behalf. Yes, who would speak on this maniac's behalf? Oh, someone will, someone will. Your Honor, my client really cares about the community. He's, he's sick and tired of this regular meth. He wants the meth to be much more healthy, you know? Meth normally takes about 10 years off your life. My client's trying to add 10 years to your life by, you know... Adding some protein powder to his meth, if you notice. <laughs> Have you smelled his meth, Your Honor? Jury, please, exhibit one. Smell the meth. Doesn't it smell like acai? <laughs> Sprinkle it on your yogurt in the morning. It's good for you. <laughs> Investigators did find a berry-like substance in his lab. No shit. Adding that there is no possible way to make healthy methamphetamine, though, the deputy said. <laughs> There's no possible way to make healthy methamphetamine. But what? What? What do you mean? What if you put it in a shake, huh? What about one of those meth smoothies I've been hearing about? No amount of meth is safe, whether it has a berry in it or not, the deputy said. It's a highly addictive, life-destroying drug, by the way. That's what the deputy said. <laughs> but deputy, deputy, haven't you seen people on meth? They, they, they lose weight. They really do. <laughs> if you are obese, you know... What you can you can get it your whole your whole your entire health regimen can begin with a week on meth that'll you'll drop fifty pounds and then you're on your way right <laughs> this is terrible I don't Weird AF News does not condone methamphetamines for losing weight or for any other reason FYI FYI if you want to improve your life you drop a tab of acid and then meditate everybody knows that. A man had sex with a dolphin named Dolly for a whole year, claimed that she seduced him. Look, at guys, I'm trying to find some stories that aren't coronavirus-related. I mean, this is... it's get, I'm getting desperate here. So, yeah, this guy had sex with a dolphin, apparently. 
Malcolm Brenner, a self-confessed zoophile who claims he had an affair with a dolphin named Dolly after she seduced him. Now age 68, Malcolm, uh, still a student when he embarked on the relationship with the bottlenose dolphin in the 70s, has written a novel called The Wet Goddess. <laughs> the Wet Goddess. Which tells the story of a young man who has a sexual <laughs> relationship with a dolphin named Ruby while he's working at a theme park. Are people buying this book? Who's <laughs> Dolphin porn? What's going on here? Malcolm admitted that the book is autobiographical based on his own experiences. Come on. Really? He said, I wrote this book for dolphins because we are mistreating these animals by keeping them in captivity. Oh, yeah, but you weren't mistreating the dolphin by having sex with the damn thing in the 70s? What are you talking about, Malcolm? mistreating them yeah i'm sure the dolphin completely loved it when you put your penis in her or in him i don't know what i don't know if you can have sex with a male dolphin as well as a female dolphin if you're a man i, I don't know how this works okay i'm not into dolphin porn all right i've never seen it malcolm claims to have been in in his early 20s when he started his relationship with dolly relationship really are we going to call it that he was a keen photographer he was keen. I guess that means he was a good photographer. He was allowed to take pictures in the pool at a former theme park in Sarasota, Florida, where he lived. Wow, this is a, this dolphin affair came out of Florida. I'm not surprised at all. The humans in Florida are so just decrepit and and just useless that you gotta if you want love, you gotta you gotta choose some sea life. <laughs> Who can love the humans there? Nobody. Uh, the student was allowed to swim with the dolphins and soon formed a close bond with Dolly. Oh, this is how the novel gets off. I don't know where this guy uh, had a, an affair with his dolphin, but in the novel, it takes place in Florida. Uh, Malcolm claims that Dolly announced her intentions toward him by positioning herself uh, so that he was rubbing up against her. Oh, there's actually a photo. There's a photo of him. Back in the 70s, black and white photo with him and this dolphin, Dolly. They look pretty pleased. Um, he added, uh, at first I discouraged her. I wasn't interested in her. <laughs> well, are we going to really have to get into the details of the, the budding of this human-dolphin relationship? He writes, after some time I thought, if this was a woman, would I come up with these rationalizations and excuses? Malcolm insists that the dolphin, Dolly, became more and more aggressive in her pursuit of him. He said, I found that extra extraordinarily, extraordinarily erotic. It's like being with a tiger or a bear. This is an animal that could kill you in two seconds if it wanted to. Then one night after the theme park had closed, Malcolm says he and Dolly eluded the male dolphin so they could spend time alone and eventually had sex for the first time. He explained, there's something quite transcendental about making love with a dolphin. <laughs> quite transcendental. Wow, bro. Uh, you need a doctor. You need do many doctors for sure. You need <laughs> you need doctors. Probably some pills too. Probably need some pills. Malcolm has always stressed there was nothing abusive about his relationship with Dolly, and that dolphins basically have free will. He added, "What is repulsive about a relationship? What is repulsive about a relationship where both partners feel and express their love for each other?" I know what I'm talking about here because after we made love, the dolphin put her snout on my shoulder, embraced me, and her with her flippers, and we stared into each other's eyes for about a minute. Is this a real story? How? This was not some dog trying to hump my leg, okay? This was a 400-pound, wild-born female dolphin. She was an awesome creature. Awesome. Oh, my goodness. There's a picture of this guy. What a freak. Wow, dude. Are you married now? Do you have any relationships with humans? What? But nine months after Malcolm began his relationship with Dolly, the park closed and she was moved elsewhere. Goodness. Sad, sad. 
I wrote her. Le- I wrote her letters every day. I sent her emails, but Dolly never wrote back. It was strange. I don't know. Flippers on a keyboard just don't work. It's very sad. He says, I called it a relationship because that's what it was. When she died, it made me feel terrible. I fell into a depression which lasted five years. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow, you fell into a depression that lasted five years after the... That's crazy. Uh, he claims that their separation had a devastating impact on the female dolphin. She, she died shortly after she was moved. Malcolm firmly believes that she committed suicide by voluntarily stopping breathing. This man is insane. Insane. You're an insane person. Why are we broadcasting your message? I don't even know. What, this guy wrote a book. It, obviously self-published. Obviously self-published. Okay, no publisher's going to go with this. This guy's out of his mind. You could tell he's out of his mind. If The first meeting that you have with him, out of his mind, these people. Wow, I'm so afraid that there's like people out there licking toilet seats and, and screwing dolphins like, and then claiming that it was a relationship. I mean, this is crazy. And apparently this relationship was a long time ago, so, so long ago that it didn't break any laws as bestiality, bestiality was only banned in Florida in 2011. Isn't that crazy, by the way? Can you imagine? Bestiality. I mean, it, it must have got so bad in Florida that they're like, there's no law. We better make a law against this because everybody's just screwing beasts in our state. People are out of their minds in Florida. These swamp people, yeah, they're screwing alligators. Let's, we, get, we need to do something about it. Hence a law. Malcolm, oh, goodness, this says this guy's been married twice, but also describes himself as a zoophile, says he has had previous sexual experience with a dog. With a dog? You got two people said I do to this maniac? How? How? I don't understand it. Two people were like, yeah, you know, you, you slept with a dolphin and a dog? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we could probably make it work. Probably make it work. I mean, I enjoy doggy style. I'm open to dolphin style. I never heard of it, but it must be. We'll YouTube it. We'll see what we can do with dolphin style, and we'll make it work. Whatever you know, whatever sexual inclinations you have, you know, I'm willing to experiment. Okay, I'm not. I don't have flippers, nor do I have a tail, but I'm willing to. I'm willing to do some things for you, Malcolm. Who, Malcolm? I can't get a date. Malcolm slept with a with a uh, a dolphin and a dog, and marries twice. This makes no sense to me at all. What is wrong with people? A Massachusetts man allegedly threw a large pickle at a highway worker. That's what the police are saying. A Massachusetts man is facing an assault charge after he allegedly threw a large pickle from a moving vehicle that hit a Vermont highway worker. That's what the police are saying. This large pickle tosser. Who is this guy? The incident occurred just before 6 p.m. Monday. Route 7, near the border, crossing into Massachusetts. A passenger in a southbound vehicle threw an object that was later determined to be a large pickle. How large was this pickle? I want to know. Pretty large. It hit the highway worker, caused him pain, the police say. How much pain did this highway pickle that was tossed out a window cause this highway worker? I don't know. Obviously, it didn't hit him in the hot hat. It probably hit him in the face. It doesn't say that. I wish I had a a video of the large pickle hitting a highway worker in the chest or something. You know, just to give me an idea how large this pickle was. I mean, we're talking about, what, six inches, four inches? I've seen some large pickles in my life, I got to say. You know those ones you buy like at... um, Sometimes they'll have them at like a sandwich shop and you buy, you just, they have a jar of pickles at the front and it's just one, you can only really, you're looking at it, just one large pickle is like three bucks just for the one pickle. Uh, in other words, you don't buy a small jar of pickles, like pickles that, smaller pickles within a jar or like a couple pickles on the side. It's one large pickle. It's like, it's a few bucks, these large pickles. And they're pretty heavy. You know, they've been soaking for a while, you know, they're very sponge-like. They've, uh... <laughs> These large pickles. I mean, if you if I threw that at your face, it would hurt. 
It would hurt like hell because I can really chuck a pickle for sure, for sure. I got an arm on me. You ain't seen my arm. You should see me play ball. Shortstop. The highway transportation officials provided a description of the vehicle to the police. What was the description of the pickle, highway transportation? I want to know. Was How large was this pickle? The officers suspected that this uh, they'd find this guy with the help of the Williamstown Mass Police Department. Christopher Hermansdorfer. <laughs> Christopher Hermansdorfer. What a great name. Hermansdorfer. He's age 34 of Williamstown. How'd they know he was from Williamstown? He was cited to appear in court to answer the charge of a simple assault. You idiot throwing pickles out your window. Werkendorfer. Pickle snorfer. Whatever your name is. Phone messages were left at phone numbers listed for Hermansdorfer. It was not immediately known if he's being represented by an attorney or not. Or a lawyer. I'm just trying to say words that sound great with a Boston accent. You going to court, Herman Dorfer? Yeah, you're throwing large pickles. You, f- What a weirdo. Did you keep them in your fanny pack, you nut? <laughs> large pickles out the window. <laughs> Unbelievable. You got anything better to do, Herman Dorfer? Probably not. Freaking guy. I want to know I want to know how the work is doing. Is the work of recovering in the hospital from the pickle injuries? If the pickle's large enough, you know, you could go right to the ER. I don't know where it hit him, you know. Could have hit him in the schnoz. That'll put you down for sure. Maybe broken nose. Maybe you got a broken proboscis. That's a very scientific name for nose, I believe. I don't know much, you know. Public schooled in Massachusetts. What are you going to get, huh? This is what you get. <laughs> a guy talking about large pickles being thrown at a highway worker trying to make a living here. <laughs> I'm recording a podcast in a closet like an idiot. Mm. Oh, I can't help but think of the workers... All over the world, you know, they just get smashed with things when people drive by. It probably happens every day if some highway worker gets hit with a pickle or some other object, you know, something weird, like a spatula. I don't know, like a like a long Twizzler of some sort, some strange food article, like a crumpet, you know. You're just on the side of the road laying tie. Next thing you know, you're hitting the chin with a, by a crumpet thrown out a passenger window. That's how it goes down. Friggin' people. They got no respect for these highway workers. They chuck things out the windows at them. It's a damn shame, I tell you right now. I hope these highway workers have insurance because they're probably getting smashed in the face by wiffle ball bats. Who knows? Who knows? Yay! A Belgium man has been receiving pizzas that he never ordered for years. Sounds like a nice life. 65-year-old man in Flanders says he's losing sleep because he's been receiving pizzas he never ordered for nearly a decade, sometimes several times a day. How? I'd lose sleep, too. I mean, if I was getting one a day, I wouldn't lose sleep. I'd be just looking forward to that next one the next day. Oh, uh, yeah, another pizza coming. Oh, yeah, I wonder what it's going to be. You know what would suck if, if every pizza was just cheese? Oh, God, that would be the worst. Oh, a decade of pizzas coming. Oh, another cheese. Cheese. Oh, but what's it going to be this time, pepperoni? Oh, another cheese. My God. Six years straight. Cheese. Can I get it? Oh, this one. What? One mushroom. Can I get one? Oh. Cheese. Oh, 14,000 pizzas in a row. It's just been cheese. <laughs> Over the past nine years, nine years, pizza that he never asked for has been delivered to Jean van Lendenhams. Did I say it right? How do you say Belgium names? Jean van Lendenhams. His home is in Turnhout in the Antwerp province. It started nine years ago. Suddenly, a pizza delivery man handed me a whole load of the pizzas. But I hadn't ordered anything. Not any pizzas. I hadn't ordered pizzas in a very long time. At first, I thought it was a simple mistake. 
They had the wrong delivery address, perhaps. But then more pizzas were coming. Kebabs, pitas, other food that I never ordered kept flowing into my address. <laughs> this is real. It can be on a weekend, a weekday, any time of the day. <laughs> I've even had orders come at strange times. 2 a.m. I cannot sleep. I start shaking every time I hear a scooter on the street. I dread that someone will come to drop off hot pizzas yet another time. <laughs> this poor guy. <laughs> oh, kebabs are being dropped off unexpectedly. <laughs> One day in January. Van Lagenham. Lagenham. What does every, every Belgium last name sound like you're getting ready to spit? Van Lagenham. He said in January, 10 different delivery men showed up at his house, one of which had 14 pizzas. <laughs> 14, the poor guy. Oh, that's just terrorizing you. 14 pizzas. Is this a real story, by the way? Wow, what the hell? I have always refused these deliveries, so I have never paid for anything. <laughs> but he also said the harassment is not only annoying for him, but also for the restaurants. <laughs> it costs them more money, and they have to throw away the food. <laughs> On the day that 10 deliveries showed up, he did the math. It cost 450 euros. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This is a mess for everybody. Van Langerhamen claims that he... He says, I only buy frozen pizzas from Aldi. <laughs> you only buy frozen pizzas from Aldi. He's got a, he's got a very particular pizza, guys. <laughs> it's frozen from Aldi. Enough of these fresh fresh pizzas delivered, fourteen a day. Out of your mind? He says I never have asked for them to be delivered to my house. I prefer the frozen the frozen pizzas from Aldi. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> this gets gets crazy. Here's a, another quote from Lennon Hangeheng. A friend of mine who lives in Herentout is going through exactly the same thing as I am. She's been receiving the pizza she has not ordered for nine years as well. Sometimes we both get them on the same day. When that happens, we warn each other to expect a delivery. <laughs> Come on, this isn't real. It says he reported these false deliveries to the police several times, but he still has no idea who the person harassing him is. I cannot take it anymore. When I find out whoever has been bothering me for these nine years, it will not be their best day. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh. I don't, you know what? You know what? I don't even care if this story is fake. I don't even care. It's it's just amazing. It's so fun. So fun. Oh. A man broke into a California bank in order to heat up a hot pocket. He got arrested and said, quote, it was worth it. San Diego. Police say that a man who broke into a bank in California did so just to heat up his hot pocket in the microwave inside the bank. I didn't know there was microwaves inside banks. That's pretty cool. What are they microwaving in the bank, huh? Microwaving the quarters? <laughs> Playing tricks on the customers by microwaving quarters and then dropping them in their outstretched palms. <laughs> Wells Fargo. Are those the kinds of tricks you're playing? What are you microwaving at the bank, man? Police were called to the Wells Fargo in San Diego early. When they arrived, they found a broken window near the bank's drive-thru. An alarm company reported surveillance, ca surveillance cameras caught a man inside a break room using the microwave. Oh, he went to the break room. Yeah, the bank's got a break room. Yeah, okay, I didn't realize that. Sure, sure. Microwave in the bank. Okay, now it's coming to me. It makes sense. I never worked in a bank. 
I didn't, I didn't, I've never seen the break room in a bank. They don't let the customers back there. So, uh, you know, I got to stay up front and talk to the people through the glass and shit. I'm not allowed, I'm not allowed to go back where the, where the safes are either, apparently. Although I'd like to. I'd like to see what's back there. What's going on? How big is the safe? What's in the safe? Can I walk in there? Is it big enough for me? Can I take a nap inside? Can I rummage through your safe accoutrements? <laughs> I want to see all the guns you got. What do you got? You guys got guns under there? I want to know. <laughs> I'd imagine there's shotguns under the counters. I want to see them. Oh, man. Well, anyways, they saw him on the video using the microwave. How strange. When the man was arrested, the officers say that he told them that's why he was there. Well, they got a lengthy little paragraph exchange between the reporter and the man. The reporter asks the man, you did that for a hot pocket? The man says, yes, all that for a hot pocket. He's from San Diego, so let me do a San Diego accent, what I think is a San Diego accent. You did all that for a hot pocket? Yeah, all that for a hot pocket. You broke into a bank for a hot pocket? Hot pocket. Hot pocket. <laughs> he said, I love how he's doing the commercial. It doesn't say that he's doing the commercial, but I, in my mind, he's saying it like they say on the commercial. Hot pocket. Was it worth it? Hell yeah, it was worth it. Freaking yes, it was worth it. A hot pocket? Hell yeah. This this is his quote as responding saying, Hell yeah, it was worth it. Hell yeah. He said, Hell yeah, it was worth it twice. Oh my goodness, this guy's amazing. He knows what he wants and he gets it. Hot pocket. He's into it. This guy should be on hot pocket commercials, right? They should just show him this is Gerald. <laughs> He's in the parking lot. Of a bank. He's hungry. He has a frozen hot pocket and no way to heat it up. <laughs> Gerald's breaking into the bank because it's a hot pocket and it's worth it. I'll tell you. Is it worth it, Gerald? <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that was the sound of the glass breaking and then the bank alarm going off. Did you guys appreciate the sound effects in this particular piece? Wow, Jonesy's whipping out all the talented guns today. The Indian accent, the bank robbery sound effects. Not bank robbery, but the bank, the bank B&E. Is that what they call it? The B&E. The man, the article ends by saying, the man was arrested on suspicion of breaking into the bank, but police have not released his name or any other details. Oh, the only detail I want is what flavor Hot Pocket was that? Don't you want to know? Oh, yeah. I want to know what he's into. Pepperoni? What is it? Ham and cheese? What, what's he doing in there? Come on. Was it worth it? Hell yeah, it was worth it, bro. I was fixing to check out the safe after that. I had my eye on that safe. But first, first things first, man. Got to curb your hunger. Got to get yourself a hot pocket. Got to get that bad boy ready. You know, it's hard to find a microwave at 3.30 in the morning, it turns out. (laughs) A Florida man carrying 500 grams of marijuana tried to steal an airplane to go meet his girlfriend. A Florida man is behind bars after he attempted to steal an airplane at the New Smyrna Beach Municipal Airport. Why? Why steal a plane? Well, he's a Florida man, that's why. He wanted to steal the plane so he could fly to California to meet his girlfriend, while carrying nearly 500 grams of marijuana, according to the police. Oh, yes, yes, this is a story about love, really, at the end of the day. Where are you, baby? I want to see you. Would you like to smoke up? Oh, you're in Orange County? I'll be right there. Give me eight hours. I will secure transportation. Over the weekend, officers were alerted that a stolen vehicle had been found at the airport. 
While in the process of locating that stolen vehicle, the officers were flagged down by a man who said it was his vehicle that was actually stolen. The victim told the officers a story about a man unknown to him who jumped into the back of his truck and offered him $1,000 for a ride. The man then got out of the truck, but he left behind some equipment, a grinder, a scale, and a cell phone, a.k.a. paraphernalia. While the officers were speaking to the man about his truck, they were contacted by a flight instructor about a man with a blue bag who was spotted crouching on the wing of a plane on a portion of the tarmac that was not accessible to the public. According to their report later, apparently that man had asked the flight instructor how he could fly a plane. The officers went to the tarmac. They saw the man sitting in the right seat of the aircraft. When the officers approached him, he asked them how to fly the plane. <laughs> this is unbelievable. This guy just wants to get out of it. Excuse me, guys. Could you tell me how to fly a plane? I need to go see my girl. Oh, shoot. You're the police. The man saw that it was the police and then jumped from the emergency exit window of the plane. And it was detained quickly by the officers. Uh, the man was identified as 22-year-old Robert Stenestra. He was secured in the back of the patrol car. The officers returned to the plane and they took his duffel bag into evidence. They found his ID, headphones, cigarillos, a laptop, a glass pipe found, was tested, and it was positive for methamphetamine. Ooh, that's the magical chemical that made him think he could fly away. Ooh, smoke my meth and fly away. It's Florida. It's Florida. Oh, yeah. Meth makes you think you can do anything, <laughs> conquer the world. At least he still had the um, wherewithal to realize, well, I really don't know how to work a plane. Let me ask somebody. Unfortunately, he asked the police. Also inside the duffel bag was a container holding marijuana. Yes, loads and loads of marijuana. He wanted to smoke up with his lady in Cali. Doesn't he know there's better weed in Cali? He didn't need to bring his own. The defendant, according to the report, stated some pretty outlandish things. He claimed that he purchased the aircraft for $20,000 cash recently, and he was going to fly to California to meet his girlfriend. He advised he did not have paperwork for the plane, and he didn't know the person that he bought it from. <laughs> he stated that he was let onto the airfield by some security. It should be known that there is no security on duty at this airport. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> and he didn't buy the plane, obviously. And more lies. As Stenestra was being questioned by the officers, he told them that he was a manager for a medical marijuana dispensary and that he was transporting the marijuana to California. <laughs> yeah. Investigators said Stenestra had nearly 500 grams of the marijuana, the devil's weed, and that he illegally trespassed onto New Smyrna Beach Airport property. Yeah, I think we know that. Stenestra was taken to the county jail on charges of, guess what, grand theft, possession of paraphernalia, trespassing in an operational area of an airport, <laughs> of an operational area. I guess that's what they call the runway. Possession of cannabis and leaving the scene of a crash involving damage. Oh, what, what did he crash? He didn't even get the plane going. How did he crash? At the end of the day, this is just typical Florida man behavior. You add a little meth and a little love and it'll make you do some crazy things, you know? I'll tell you right now, they really should bottle up this Florida man confidence and sell it. I would buy a gallon and then make all my all my drastic dreams come true. <laughs> a woman breaks into a Florida home and cooks ramen noodles 
Yes, a family found a stranger inside their home cooking noodles after she made a sandwich. She's now facing criminal charges, of course. The occupants of this home on Hampton Road told the deputies that they found 33-year-old Patricia Nicole Junk. Her last name's Junk? Oh, the poor girl. I mean, she's just been through the ringer with a last name like that. You got to kind of give people a free pass when they have a terrible last name, I think, sometimes, you know. It's just like, because they've just been getting shit their whole life. Patricia Junk. Patty Junk. I mean, imagine. This poor girl. You're in Florida, first of all. That's not good. Growing up in Florida. And your last name's Junk to, to boot? Unbelievable. Uh, the, you parents of Florida kids, don't, you know, do something about the names here. It's bad enough you're... you're procreating in the state of florida okay there's brain amoebas you know there's pritchard i mean there's many reasons not to be procreating in florida and then you know you got a stupid name as well it's just you know these poor kids they, they, they don't have a chance they don't have a chance in florida anyways back to this patty junk situation they found her in the kitchen it says here all of the occupants of the home denied knowing her or letting her into the home <laughs> Uh, what do they cross-examine them? Do you know Patty Junk? Hmm. You are going to deny letting her into your home to cook ramen at four thirty in the morning? Hmm. The first deputy on the scene found a pot of noodles, noodles cooking on the stove, and later located Junk sitting on the front porch of a house about a block away, eating a cup of noodles, according to the report. So she cooked them in the home and then ate them at a different house. Uh, she's all messed up. This Junk. She's on the junk. And the deputies asked Junk what, what the hell she was doing, cooking noodles in one house and then eating them on the porch of another house, neither of which she actually lived in. Junk told the deputies that an older male named Rabbit told her she could stay at the home whenever she wanted. <laughs> yeah, you don't trust anybody named Rabbit. Nobody in Florida named Rabbit anyways. Is she like on something and she's just like, uh, you know, living in a fantasy Alice in Wonderland world? Uh Deputies noted that the home was unlocked when Patty Junk entered. The total damages were listed at <laughs> total damages are listed at two dollars for the noodles, three dollars for a loaf of bread, for a total of five dollars. Ooh, five dollars in damages. But I mean, there's also going to be long-term mental anguish for the family that woke up and found Patty Junk uh, making ramen noodles in their in their kitchen. Uh, Patty Junk is charged with burglary of an occupied residence and petite theft. Uh, yes, a petite theft. Let's use a French adjective in our Florida laws. Uh, Patty Junk remained in the county jail. With a, yeah, you know, Patty Junk. I mean, what, she's just back in jail. This Patty Junk is always going to be in jail. It's just how it is. Man, I tell you, from doing Weird AF News for three years, I have come across many a story about people doing weird shit after they break into people's homes. I mean, this is not this is nothing. Cooking ramen? This is nothing. I mean, I covered a story like a year and a half ago or so where someone broke into someone's home and then sucked their toes. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's banane right there, I'll tell you right now. I think at the end of the day, the family's got to be grateful that all she did was break into the house and cook noodles instead of cutting off somebody's head and putting it on the side of the road. Where it will sit, it'll sit there for days because it's Florida and no one cares. A guacamole maker exploded, killing a former mayor and injuring others. A high-pressure food processor being tested to make guacamole exploded in upstate New York. Goodness. It killed a former mayor, injuring people, this guacamole maker. 
They're potent. I had no idea these guacamole makers were so explosive. Former Rensselaer Mayor Joseph Cap, age 67, unfortunately was died of injuries from the blast of the guacamole maker. Two other people suffered less serious injuries from the guacamole maker. They were admitted for treatment at the hospital. The fatal explosion of this guacamole maker occurred as the food processor was undergoing tests to assess its viability for manufacturing guacamole. Oh, goodness. They didn't even know if it was ready to make guacamole. They were just testing it to see if it made guac. They're like, turn on the guac maker. And then, bam. Unbelievable. It's unclear what caused the blast. But fire crews do not believe the incident was suspicious. (laughs) They don't think somebody rigged the guacamole maker? That'd be a strange crime. Yeah, man. So I I know of a place. Okay, they're going to make... They got a... They got something that they think might be a guacamole maker. (laughs) Well, I'll show them. It ain't going to make nothing. No guacamole if I have something to do with it. I am against guacamole. Okay, it's way too expensive. I'm sick of it. Why should I be paying five to ten dollars for eight ounces of guacamole at the supermarket? By the way, once you open it one time and use it, you got to use the whole damn thing. You put the cap back on, put it in there, even covered. It still goes brown. That's a lot of money I've wasted thrown down the drain over guacamole. It's difficult to make yourself. Okay. I buy a bunch of those avocados. I get six of them home. Only three of them are good. And I have no idea how to buy them when they're all good. You know, one of them's ripe today. One's ripe tomorrow. One's already ripe when I bought it. Two of them just for whatever reason decide to skip the whole ripening process altogether and go right to black. Yeah, I'm against guacamole. So I'm going to fix that guacamole, make it with dynamite, and we'll see what happens. Woo, that was a mouthful. And uh, no one really said that. That's just in my imagination. Oh, I'll tell you, at the end of the day, though, it's it's uh, when you're killed by a guacamole maker. I mean, you got to kind of giggle about it, right? I mean, if I'm going to go out, yeah, you know, guacamole was, is a good way. If I drowned in guacamole, too, that's that's pretty cool. And costly. A man installed a life-size wax model of his dead wife for a housewarming. Even death could not do them part. India. Three years ago, Indian businessman Srinivas Gupta's wife, Madhavi, was killed in an unfortunate car accident. But Gupta, the devoted husband, refused to let her image die. What did he do? Well, Gupta, age 57, had a great idea. Why don't I create a hyper-realistic wax figure cast Of my dead wife's likeness. This is great. This isn't going to creep anybody out. (laughs) I'm going to put her in my house. I'm going to invite people over to take a nice look at my wax figure lifelike Madhavi. This sweet but eerie result is strikingly lifelike. I'm looking at a photo of her. Yes, she looks very lifelike. She is forever stuck smiling into the distance, which also makes her creepy as shit. In addition to recreating his deceased wife's physical image, the dedicated Gupta also recently had his new home built in India with her in mind. Before commissioning the bungalow, he reportedly first approached 25 architects, commissioning one to construct the new house only when he was assured they'd do it just right. Once complete, Gupta held a housewarming where he introduced his wife's new life-size but lifeless statue to all of his guests. What a great idea. Housewarming. I'm sure some of your in-laws are going to be there, Gupta. And they're going to be thrilled to see a giant wax statue of their dead relative smiling into the distance. (laughs) You're a maniac, Gupta. A maniac. This doesn't show dedication 
or loyalty so much as it shows some sort of psychopathy, in my opinion. The dead wife's strangely resemblant doll equivalent was dressed that day in a pink sari and gold accessories. She was positioned on the living room couch. Perfect. Good idea, Gupta. Put her right on the couch so that everybody entering can see her right away. It's the first thing you see is the dead woman. She left many attendees speechless, according to the footage. Footage! <laughs> Shooting footage. That was shot at the gathering. Wow, footage. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm wondering the same damn thing you're wondering. Do you, do you think he sleeps with the hyper-realistic wax figure of his, of his passed-away wife, Madavi? I, I think he does. I think this guy has really lost his shit, and I think he sleeps with the doll. Of course he does. If he so brazenly shows it off to his in-laws, then of course he's sleeping with her. I imagine he may have even made some aug slight augmentations to the private areas to make it possible to have intercourse with this wax figurine. Could be. Could be. People have done stranger things. You know they got sex robots where you can like – or sex dolls where you can have the face – you can make the face look exactly like anybody you want, like your ex or, you know, uh, Michelle Obama, whatever you're into. I don't know. I'll tell you right now, if if this was like my sister, I don't have a sister, but if if my sister passed away in a car accident and then I went to the housewarming of her, of her, uh, what do they call that? Her widower. And I walk in and there's a wax model of her sitting on the couch smiling. I'm going to walk up to him and punch him in the throat like right away. I'm not even going to hesitate. He's getting a throat punch. And I don't think anybody can say I was wrong. Maybe you guys disagree. Maybe you think Jonesy's going over the top with that behavior. Call the show, 646-450-2012. Is this okay? <laughs> a farmer disguised himself as a woman and snuck into a cemetery to deface the grave of his longtime nemesis using dead animal carcasses, the police say. <laughs> That's the actual title of this article. Unbelievable. Arkansas. I, I was making fun of Arkansas last week, I believe. A farmer in Arkansas. The farmer was arrested. He was accused of what? Well, defacing graves. You know how those Arkansas farmers can be. Whose grave? Well, his former neighbor, longtime nemesis. Oh, boy. You know how they have those, those Arkansas spats. You stepped on my property. <laughs> Are you looking at my chickens there? Uh, how did he deface the grave, though? Are you wondering? Did he just bring some spray paint and spray something? vile on the grave was he like boo i'm glad you're gone nemesis no 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 he defaced his neighbor's grave with animal carcasses i guess he just threw animal carcasses on top of them or laid them across the graves i don't know how you deface with animal carcasses did you rip out the entrails and smear them on the face of the stone did you arkansas farmer who is this guy anyways this degenerate Joseph Stroud, age 78. You're 78 years old, defacing graves? Dude, just lay down and die, really. You're really holding grudges at 78? I mean, I'm lucky if I can just masturbate at 78. I'd be, I mean, I mean there's going to be real problems at 78. It's not going to, it's going to be no spare time to be defacing graves. That's not going to be a concern of mine. I'm going to be afraid to drink coffee, uh, why, Jonesy? I don't know. By then, my doctor will be like, no more caffeine for you. I guarantee you. My liver will be just totally black from espresso. Joseph Stroud 
as we get back onto onto the tracks here. Age 78, disguised himself as a woman when he visited the grave of Fred McKinney. Why a woman, you silly man? Joseph Stroud. Yeah, no one will see me deface the grave with animal carcasses. I'm dressed as a woman. They can't possibly see me lug this dead deer in. <laughs> Not when I'm dressed as a woman. <laughs> and if they catch me... S- Pulling on this dead zebra into the cemetery. I'll just say, hey, it's a, I'm a woman and I'll run away. They'll never know. Uh, what happened here? This is in Benton County, Arkansas, in case you're keeping score at home. McKinney's granddaughter, Shannon, told the police that she started finding dead animals at her at a, the grave of, her, of Fred, her grandpa, in May. These dead animals continued. By July, the family reported 16 total incidents. 16 dead animals had been found at the grave. What's wrong with you? Goodness, Joseph Stroud, you're disgusting. At first, they thought it was just a coincidence. Coincidence, really? That's a big word for somebody from Arkansas. But really, that's the quote. They thought it was just a coincidence, and then they thought maybe the animals was consuming the fake floral and dying. Floral? You use the word floral, you Arkansas person? I'm very impressed here by this vocabulary. This Arkansas person has an edumacation. Uh, Continue with the quote from the Arkansas individual. It's the granddaughter. The animals were consuming the fake floral, and they were dying on top of the grave, I thought. Well, when they began finding more dead animals, they realized it wasn't just coincidences no more. Someone was placing the dead animals there purposefully. Prosecutors said the family has probable cause. The family eventually, this is what they did. Check it out. They put cameras up near the grave with the cemetery's permission. Eventually, they recorded someone walking to the grave wearing a teal windbreaker, a woman's wig, sunglasses, Police say the suspect is 78-year-old Stroud. Well, damn you, Stroud. You really crossed the line now. (laughs) The police followed up on this tip in the video footage. They found blood-soaked towel at the home of Stroud. (laughs) That's probable cause. They arrested him. It had animal blood and guts on the damn towel, apparently. The granddaughter told the police that Stroud and her grandpa shared a land boundary for several years. Of course they shared a land boundary. That's how these these Arkansas spats begin. You get off my property! Here's a quote from the granddaughter. Joseph and Fred never got along with each other. There was even a lawsuit between them. She, she thought Joseph actually had lost um, to her grandpa. So Joseph was probably holding a grudge. Yeah, he was. And he's out of his mind, this person. I mean, what do you do? He's 78 years old, though. He's probably going to really not do any jail time. He's just going to play it off for being old. You know how old people do it. They're just like, I can't. I don't know. I'm old. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm old. Yes, I know I'm stealing booze. I just can't help myself. I'm old. I don't know what's going on. I got some animal carcasses. I put them on the grave of Fred. I don't know. I'm old. I don't know what I'm doing with this wig on and the teal windbreaker. I'm just an old person. Innocent. A doctor loses his license after performing an amputation on the back porch. Oh, yeah. Back porch operation. Missouri. Oh, the land of DIY operations and renegade doctors. A Missouri doctor has lost his license after amputating a patient's gangrenous toe on the back porch of his rural office. A gangrenous, did I say that correctly? A toe that has gangrene. 
Yeah, you have to amputate that toe from my understanding. You can't let the gangrene fester and crawl up the rest of your leg. Then you'll have to amputate the leg. So you got to get the toe off. Uh, why he did it on a back porch, we need more information. The Missouri State Board of Registration for the Healing Arts ordered that John Urie's physician and surgeon license be revoked. Yuri had been practicing in deep water, Missouri. <laughs> deep water, Missouri. Oh, that sounds like a place where like terrible backwoods shit happens every day. You don't want any operations happening on your person if you're in deep water, Missouri. I don't even want to go to the dentist in deep water, Missouri. <laughs> He's just pulling my tooth out with a crowbar. The documents filed by the Board of Registration say that Yuri's office doubled as a machine shed and lacked running water. It lacked restrooms. It even lacked an examination table. Nah, that's what the front porch is for. <laughs> you just, just lay on the lay on the wooden planks. That's the examination table. Come on, it's deep water, Missouri. I love how it doubled as a machine shed. The doctor's office slash machine shed. Yeah, come on in. Sure, sure. What do you got? A, you got strep throat? And I'll uh, sharpen your kitchen knives for you. The board order says... That Yuri amputated a patient's toe on the back porch of his office, which is a non-sterile environment. <laughs> yeah, definitely the porch is a non-sterile environment. My guess is also the doctor's office slash machine shop is very non-sterile of an environment, a place you shouldn't be practicing anything. I'll bet you actually the back porch was cleaner than the doctor's office slash machine shop. The patient was probably like, uh, can you get me on the porch or something? I feel very uncomfortable in this machine shop. This doesn't feel like you're a real doctor, at least on the porch. Maybe I can pretend that I'm in a doctor's office. Yuri reportedly explained that the procedure was not done optimally and he had a lapse in judgment. <laughs> a lapse in judgment. How about the lapse in judgment where you're just operating uh, as a doctor when you're really like a carpenter or a machine shop? worker of some sort. I question that you're a doctor overall. So the records show no antibiotics were administered to the patient before or after the operation, and uh, the Board of Registration describes instances where Yuri improperly prescribed painkillers to two different patients. Wow! He probably prescribed painkillers to way more than two different patients, I would say. In fact, I'll bet you his sole purpose of becoming a doctor in the backwoods part of Missouri is just to get a hold of some painkillers for him and his customers. I'm sure this guy's just a drug dealer operating out of a machine shop, is what I'm saying here. The board issued an order saying that Yuri cannot apply for reinstatement of his license for two years. That seems a little lenient, if in my opinion. This guy should be banned forever. He amputated a toe on a back porch. How are you going to let him reapply in two years to be a doctor again? Are you, do you have you know such a lack of doctors in backwoods Missouri that you would allow a man that sells painkillers and operates out of a machine shop to like you know apply to get his license back? This seems crazy to me. This dude should not be allowed around patients. This guy will take out your appendix with a sawzall. That's how he does business. I'm feeling horny. Ooh. At a Florida bus stop. Yeah. Ooh. You know, I'm feeling freaky. Huh? Yeah. At a Florida bus stop. A Florida man was caught masturbating, told the police he's Captain Kirk. A 56-year-old Clearwater man was arrested for getting it on with himself at a bus stop on Monday. Yeah, you know how Florida bus stops just make you feel randy and shit. Mmm, <laughs> this Florida bus stop has got me feeling things. 
However, since the act has become the somewhat norm in Florida these days, the masturbation alone doesn't make this very newsworthy. Even at a bus stop. It's a Florida bus stop. You can imagine what goes on there. Murder, she wrote. Of course, telling the police he was James Tiberius Kirk made this story all the more newsworthy. Kirk. Captain Kirk. Police say they responded to the report of a, quote, lewd and lascivious act. Lascivious. I can never say that word right. There's a lot of lasciviousness going on in Florida. (laughs) But in Florida, no one can pronounce lasciviousness. Isn't that ironic? Don't you think? This guy was lewd and lascivious, as reported at a bus stop on Gulf Bay Boulevard. Oh, boy. You guys know how it is on Gulf Bay Boulevard in Clearwater. Mm, Watch out for those bus stops. People are touching themselves and saying hello. That's where they found a man who was obviously masturbating under his shorts. When they asked what he was doing, he claimed, I'm just scratching myself. (laughs) Nothing to see here. Just scratching myself, scratching down there. You know how you do it. Well, you're scratching a little violently, sir. Uh, I've never seen anyone scratch quite so vigorously and energetically. Yeah, well, you know, these mosquitoes down here in Florida, (laughs) they're quite potent. Well, as you know, there is obviously a difference between scratching yourself and wanking. Thankfully, the majority of Florida police officers know how to distinguish one from the other. The police informed this man, who was being lascivious, lascivious, that he was under arrest for disorderly conduct and lasciviousness because they knew he was really tossing one off. And that's when they asked him to identify himself. Oh, and then what happened? Oh, oh wait for it. Wait for it. He told the police he was Captain Kirk. But was he Captain Kirk? You're on the edge of your seat now, aren't you, listener? You want to know, was this Captain Kirk? (laughs) No, of course not. It's James Bundrick from Clearwater, Florida. You guys know James, right? Always tossing off at bus stops and in trains. In addition to charges of lasciviousness. Oh, I hate this word. He was also charged with giving the police officer a fake name. And some disorderly conduct was included just for fun, you know. (laughs) I got some questions from Mr. Bundrick here. Do you think he masturbates to episodes of Star Trek? What do you think? Does this guy, does sci-fi just really turn him on? I know there's some nerds out there, but really? Do nerds really take it to this level? Oh, come on, baby. Yeah, I'm Captain Kirk. Oh, yeah. You want to take a ride on my spaceship? Come on, ride the Star Trek Enterprise, baby. Let's do it. A fake dentist is accused of kissing the bum of a woman with a toothache. Who is this fake dentist butt kisser? John Calazos, 47-year-old man. He's accused of posing as a dentist. <laughs> he woke up one day. He's like, you know, I'd really like to kiss a bum today, but no one will let me. <laughs> There's No one's offering their bum to me. I know what I'll do. <laughs> I'll be a dentist and they'll trust me. Then I'll be able to kiss a butt. He reportedly treated a lady with a toothache by kissing her butt after giving her an injection. What did he inject her with? Oh, we can all just speculate. Uh, The cops say that Colazos treated the woman in a Hollywood, Florida apartment, charged her $65 for the services. Wow. You, You got to kiss her butt and you got her to pay you for this? This guy is like the ultimate scam artist. Ah, not only would I like to kiss a butt today, but I would like someone to pay me to do it. Yes, yes. (laughs) Now, what should I come up with? Ooh, look at that. A lab coat in my closet. Mmm, now my brain is churning ideas. 
Calazos allegedly examined the woman's mouth before administering a shot to her butt to alleviate the pain. What? And he, she let him? Look, I've been to the dentist many times. The needle doesn't go in your butt, all right? Everything's happening around the mouth area. It's called a dentist, last I checked. How did she convince her to let him shoot her in the butt? I'm just fascinated by that. And then he kissed her buttocks, the report said. <laughs> the report said he kissed. That's what it says. And then he kissed her buttocks. He shot her in the butt and then kissed her buttocks. My goodness, the poor lady. She's got a toothache. Getting her butt kissed doesn't alleviate that tooth pain, I'd imagine. This shady Calazos jerk is also accused of inappropriately touching her genitals. Uh, of course he did. He had her pants down. He was kissing her butt. Of course he's going to touch the genitals. Of course. He has no, he's not, he's not concerned about the tooth whatsoever. No, it's not part of the plan at all, the tooth. No, no, no. He pretended to, you know, help with the tooth, and then it immediately went to bum play. Pfft, Florida dentist, man, I tell you. He's going to go to prison and get his own butt play, I'll tell you right now, and they're not going to inject you with a, with a shot before you get that. No, you're going to have to take that sober. You're going to have to take that butt play sober, Colazos. That's what you're going to get. <laughs> all right, that's just mean. Nah, no, it isn't. You know, she, he scarred this woman for life. Every time she goes to a dentist, she's going to start unbuttoning her pants, having a flashback. <laughs> no, no, no. Keep your pants on. You're at the dentist. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I was thinking about that time. Whoo. I want to forget it. <laughs> a Florida woman was arrested after testing a product in the middle of an adult toy store, a sex shop, a.k.a. Police in Fort Pierce, Florida, were dispatched to an adult store after they received calls of a woman causing a bit of a disturbance. Ooh, what could this disturbance be? Well, when they arrived at the scene, they found a quality citizen named Teresa. Teresa Stanley of Port Salerno. She had made her way into the store's stock room in the back, where customers were not allowed. She went back there with one of the toys <laughs> that's sold by the unnamed shop. Yeah, of course, she got to, you know, take it for a spin around the block before she buys it. You know, I don't know what toy it is. I hope. I hope eventually we'll find out what it is, but you know, some of these toys are quite pricey. You don't want to just buy it without trying it out, and you got to try it out in the middle of the store, right in the aisle? Hell no. Teresa's like, I'm a decent person. I'm going to go back in the stock room and try it out where no one's going to see me, okay? I'm not an animal after all. What do you think I'm going to do it in plain sight of other customers? Hell no. I am a stylish woman. I have respect for others. There might be kids in this sex shop. It is a Florida... <laughs> sex toy shop. I'd imagine they let eight-year-olds into this place. When the authorities confronted her, she uh, she was naked from the waist down, sitting in an office chair, wearing only a purple shirt, which authorities believe she also took from the shop. <laughs> I wonder if it was an employee shirt. She's like, I got to get through that door that says employee only. employees only. What's the best way to do that? Ah, I'm going to steal a shirt too. Let's get back there. Got to do my business. <laughs> And she sat in an office chair. <laughs> she's just getting comfortable, you know. I got, you know, she's taking her time with it, really seeing if it suits her. This toy. I still want to know what toy it is. There's no photo of it. They give the value of it. It's forty six dollars. Well, that's. A, I'd imagine that's a pretty quality sex toy for forty six dollars. This ain't one of those cheap ten dollar ones. You know, this was an. This is an investment, in other words. And Teresa needs to find out: is this something she could live with for a lifetime? Like, is this going to suit her? Does it fit all her curves and crevices and tastes? <laughs> According to the arrest report, as you can imagine, uh, 
The police indicate Stanley appeared to be slightly intoxicated. She told the officers uh, she had only about six beers since that morning. Uh, the police took her to the hospital to be evaluated before taking her to the jail. What do they think? She's out of her mind? No, she's wasted and she wants to buy a, a sex toy. This, I don't know, this behavior seems to make sense. It's Look at, I mean, compared to what she could have been doing in a Florida sex shop, this is pretty mundane, I'd say. I mean, she could have snatched a sex toy and then asked another customer to try it out on her. You know, I would I would imagine that kind of thing happens in a Florida sex shop. You don't know what you're getting into over there, okay? Don't go in the back of the storeroom. You don't know what you're going to find. A mother of two who married a tree celebrates their first wedding anniversary. A mom who married a tree left her boyfriend at home as she marked her first wedding anniversary. Who's this crazy individual? Kate Cunningham. She changed her surname to Elder when she and the Elder Tree tied the knot. She said the pair are more loved up than ever, and they have no plans to divorce. Yes, they have no plans to divorce. She knows exactly what the tree is thinking. She asked the tree, do you want to stay married to me, tree? And the tree didn't say no, so therefore she's come to this conclusion. The 38-year-old Kate said it was one of the best decisions she has ever made when she married the tree at Rimrose Family Country Park. September last year, she celebrated her first year of marriage with two friends. And some, those are real friends, I'm going to tell you right now. Those friends are real friends. You know, you got friends like, you know, I'll pick you up at the airport kind of friends. I'll help you move kind of friends. And then you got, yeah, I'll come to your uh, your wedding anniversary with the tree in the park and pretend I'm still your goddamn friend. I mean, that is loyalty right there. Tell, uh, and, and any of my friends that, that are listening to this show, if you ever, ever marry a cooler or some other inanimate object, I'm not on board. I'm not going to your wedding. I'm not going to your your wedding anniversary. I don't want, hey, Jonesy, come to the wedding anniversary of me and the shrub Lily. No, absolutely not. I'm calling a doctor. I'm telling your family. I'm doing something. I will not allow my friends to go down that road of crazy. So that begs the question, are her friends good friends or are they not good friends? Are they good friends because they allow her to perpetuate this fantasy and they go along with it? Or are they bad friends because they don't tell her to snap out of it? I'm, I'm assuming they haven't told her that. Maybe they have. I don't know. Maybe they can't just can't get through to Kate. You're probably wondering, how did Kate celebrate the first year of marriage with a damn tree? Oh, I'm so curious. Well, her two friends and her and some elder elderflower champers they left the boyfriend and two kids at home she admits her 15 year old son is a little embarrassed a little a little embarrassed your son at school doesn't admit that you're his mother i'm telling you right now kate i'm sorry to break the news to you the former teaching assistant admitted that she sometimes clocks up to five visits a week and will forever remain tree voted tree voted is this a word she's made up oh the poor boyfriend my goodness she says, trees will always come first. They do keep us alive. She immediately knew this tree was the one and is regularly spotted climbing the branches. Climbing the branches. Here's a photo of her with flowers leaning against the tree. She looks very happy. She, she looks like a wood nymph. She said, I think getting married was one of the best decisions I have ever made. Yeah, easy for you to say you married a tree. Trees don't de make demands of you. Trees don't argue with you. They don't want to cause fights. They have no mind to argue. They are so easy to get along with. 
She says, Me and my friends went over to the tree and said hello for a small celebration a couple days ago. It was a little gathering with two friends where we raised a toast and had a glass of elderflower champagne. Not once have I thought that I shouldn't have done it. It's something that I feel like happened at the right time, the right time, despite causing a little bit of embarrassment for my son. He sees the bigger picture now, understands what it's for. It's something which has made me feel a bit more confident about myself. I don't care about what anyone else says. I don't care. I don't care. Marrying the tree has given me a new purpose. I've changed my name to Elder. Ha ha ha. So even that gives me a whole new feeling. It fits in with married life as well. I feel like a changed person. I do. I feel like a changed person. Ha ha ha. Kate wore an olive dress and floral headdress as she said her nuptials with the towering tree last year. That's how that went down, if you're case, in case you're wondering what it's like for a human to marry a tree. What's the ceremony like? Well, apparently it was attended by dozens. And local musician and poet Davy Edgy, ooh, Davy Edgy performed. You know how Davy Edgy is. No, we don't. Who the hell is, is David Edgy? Kate has remained more loyal to her tree than ever, she says. I make sure to stop off, even if it's just for a five-minute wander. I like to just sit there and soak in the surroundings at the base of the tree, my tree. I like the peace and quiet. Often I like to talk to the tree. I say hello, and I thank it for you for the good energy. Thank you for your good energy. I feel like a stronger, better person that's more dedicated to the whole campaign than ever before. I just feel stronger from my tree. Here's a photo of Kate. She's not unattractive. She's not. She's a good-looking woman. That explains why she also has maintained a boyfriend. You've got to be good-looking to be married to a tree and keep a boy interested in you. you got to be really something. Kate has called for an annual Marry a Tree Day, and she encourages more Brits to wed their local shrubs. Oh, Kate, don't do that, please. Don't encourage us. Airlines are introducing flights to nowhere. Maybe. And people might pay for this. I don't know how. Let's get into the article. Singapore Airlines is said to be considering a new route next month. The media is calling it a flight to nowhere. <laughs> How does that work? Well, flights take off and they land from the same place. Whee! Is that a good time for people? In this case, it's going to be Singapore's Changi Airport, which uh, is probably the best and fanciest airport in the world. I've been there a few times. I will never forget the first time I was in a bathroom in the Singapore airport, I just, it blew me away. Absolutely blew me away. It was the cleanest, most modern bathroom I had ever been in in my life up until that point. Since then, I've experienced some uh, more advanced toilets in places like Taiwan and Japan. But I'll never forget that first Changi airport bathroom experience when I landed my first time in Asia. It's like, wow, this is unbelievable. Now, although the media is saying that these flights could occur early as, as early as next month, Singapore Airlines has not confirmed the flights, um, said that none of these plans have actually been firmed up. Uh, but if it does debut destination free flying, it will not be the only carrier in Asia that's doing it. Such flights can be seen as a way to help the embattled national carrier of Singapore cope during a year of record losses by the COVID-19 while also allowing residents of the small nation a chance to leave the island, if only for a few hours. <laughs> That's just such a lame way to leave the island. Take a kayak. See some birds and whatnot. Wildlife. Why would you just go up in a plane and come back down? What, do you like the food? <laughs> oh, I do like them pretzels. Singapore Airline, which is routinely ranked among the world's best, uh, has been hit hard by the pandemic since it does not operate domestic flights. Yes. Most of Singapore's 5.7 million residents have been unable to travel since Singapore shut its borders in late March. 
Australian Lethan Francis, who has lived in Singapore since 2001, is interested in these no-destination flights if they do become a reality. I think it's a great idea. Would be willing to go if Singapore Airlines goes ahead with the idea. Singapore's, Singapore's an island, and I'm used to traveling, so I, I definitely miss flying. I know. Do you miss flying so much, sir, that you'll pay $200 to fly up and then come right back down? Is that... Do you enjoy it this much, sir? I, I, I think you're weird. Singaporean Susanna Lowe said she would pay for a ticket if the amount is reasonable. I would pay mainly because I miss traveling. I miss it. And, you know, the whole process of checking in, the, the airplane food, and, of course, the flight attendants, warmth and smiles. <laughs> oh, you, you really love checking in, Susanna? Is that what you're into? That's a good time for you? Checking in, going through that security... Yeah, it's a good the airplane food. That's a good time for you. The warmth of the flight attendants who just hate your guts, Susanna. I hate to break the news to you, Susanna. They hate your guts. Okay, they're smiling because they're paid to smile. AKA, it's not genuine warmth. Okay, I mentioned earlier how other countries are offering this similar service. In late August, Japanese carrier Al Nippon Airways flew a ninety-minute scenic flight on one of its flying Honu Airbus A380 aircrafts. Passengers were treated to a Hawaiian resort-style experience in the airport and on board the plane, which normally flies between Tokyo and Honolulu. But this one didn't go to Honolulu. It just, you know, went up and came back down. And then they got off, and they they were met with a bunch of people going, Aloha, aloha, just to pretend that you arrived in Hawaii. Is that what I'd imagine? Taiwanese air carrier Eva Air launched a sightseeing flight last month on one of its Hello Kitty jets, departing from and landing at Taipei's Taiwan International Airport. Uh, the two-hour, 45-minute flight traveled at an altitude of 20 to 25,000 feet to give passengers a closer view of Taiwan and Japan's Ryokyu Islands. Hope I said these places right. Taiwan's national carrier China Airlines flew two flights that took off and landed in Taipei in August. <laughs> And the representative from China Air told the news that the initiative has received a positive response from the local market. Apparently, people love to go up and down. I guess that's that's the thing. People pay for this? I'm, I'm so surprised. I didn't realize people enjoyed flying this much. I can't stand it, personally. I don't like the food very much. I don't like checking in. Uh, the whole experience to me is just lame. And I I hate to pay for such things. I certainly... Wouldn't pay to go nowhere. It's something I put up with when I got to travel. I say, okay, I'll put up with this crap. I don't go, oh, this is just such a good time. The flight itself was better than the actual vacation. Do you guys feel this way? Would you take such a flight to nowhere? Call Weird AF News, please. 646-450-2012. Thank you. Yay! A Florida woman named Lovely Butts accused of pouring bleach on a child. Daytona Beach. A Florida woman named Lovely Butts which sounds like a lovely name. Lovely Butts. You'd imagine she does great things for the community, right? You know if you run into Lovely Butts, you're going to have a wonderful time, right? When you see Lovely Butts, all smiles all day. Lovely Butts is here. Yay, here she comes. Hey, who's coming to the party? Lovely Butts. Well, it's going to be a lovely party, is it? Well, no, because Lovely Butts likes to throw bleach on children's faces, apparently. She threw bleach on a child, threatened to hit her with a gun. (laughs) Lovely Butts carries guns. Who'd have thought Lovely Butts carries bleach and guns? I would never expect that from someone named Lovely Butts. And I'm sure she's got a great butt, by the way. I don't know. There's no photo. 
This all happened, the bleach and the gun incident, with a child during an argument. And uh, I'm wondering why lovely Butts would even argue with a child. Why? Police said that Butts called them at 8 p.m. They arrived at the scene to find the victim outside the home covered in bleach. That's the child, I assume. The little girl said she and Butts got into an argument about the location of Butts' medication. So lovely Butts poured bleach on her. Oh, did you touch lovely Butts' medication? Well, you deserve the bleach. No, you don't. Lovely Butts is terrible and needs to really relax. But I don't know what Lovely Butts' medication is all about. Lovely Butts, <laughs> Lovely Butts poured bleach on the lady, the girl, causing the chemical to go into the victim's mouth and eyes, causing her to almost lose consciousness. Records show. Oh, boy. Lovely Butts has got some records for sure. You know, sometimes, you know, you criminals and they have terrible names that they were given as a child. And you're like, oh, they were totally made fun of. They have a terrible name. You know, like eh, they have a last name like Crack or whatever. This this girl was blessed with a great name, and yet it still went all it went to shit. I, I mean, you can't win. Just name your child John, Mary, and call it a day. The victim said at some point during the incident she was locked outside of the house, and when she tried to go back inside, Lovely Butts had a gun in her hand, threatened a pistol whipper. Getting pistol whipped by Lovely Butts. Who'd have known? Police said the girl got scared. She grabbed her phone. She was running outside to call someone. That's when Butts made a move. Lovely Butts did what? Well. She threw a container of food at her chest. That's strange. I wonder if it was Lovely Butts' famous banana bread. You, you guys know she makes great banana bread, this Lovely Butts. The victim said she's gotten so afraid of getting in an argument with the 64-year-old Lovely Butts that she started urinating in a plastic cup so she wouldn't have to leave her room. Oh, man, that's terrible. When you're scared to leave your room because there's a Lovely Butts lady trying to pistol whip you. Police corroborated all this when they found the cup of pee in the victim's room and an unloaded gun in Butts' room. Records show that Lovely Butts was arrested on charges of child abuse with great harm and aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. She's since posted bail and bonds because people love Lovely Butts. They'll come and get her. (laughs) (laughs) Too much candy. A man has died from eating too much black licorice. This story is out of Massachusetts, so I'm going to give you a Boston accent like a true mass hole would. A Massachusetts construction worker's love of black licorice wound up costing him his life. Eating a bag and a half every single day for a few weeks threw his nutrients out of whack, and it caused the 54-year-old man's heart to stop, doctors reported this week. This is unfortunate. Is this all he ate was black licorice? He had no other nutrients? It sounds like that's the case, but let's get further into the story. Here's a quote from a cardiologist which is just a great word to say with a Boston accent. What do you have to say for yourself, cardiologist? (laughs) Even a small amount of licorice you you eat can increase your blood pressure a little bit. Well, I didn't know that. Did you guys know that? You eat black licorice and increases your blood pressure? Doesn't all candy do that to you anyways? Or is like black licorice special in this way? It seems to me, according to the article, black licorice is pretty special. The problem is... Glycerzic acid, which is found in black licorice and in many other foods and dietary supplements containing licorice root extract. It can cause dangerously low potassium and imbalances in other minerals called electrolytes. You guys have heard of electrolytes. You get them when you drink Gatorade. So I guess you you can eat all the black licorice you want. You just got to wash it down with Gatorade, although that doesn't sound like a nice diet either. It says here, eating as little as two ounces of black licorice a day for two weeks could cause a heart rhythm problem, especially for folks over 40, according to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. 
Here's another quote. It's more than licorice sticks. It could be jelly beans, licorice teas, a lot of things over the counter. Even some beers, like Belgian beers, have this compound in it. That was a quote from a Colorado cardiologist and former American Heart Association president. The death was clearly an extreme case. The man had switched from red fruit-flavored twists to the black licorice version of the candy a few weeks before his death. Uh, This is just very sad. Uh, I love the red licorice, by the way. Those are great. The fruit-flavored twists. Uh, What are they, Twizzlers? Is that what they call that brand? Oh, I used to eat Twizzlers all the time. But I hated, and to to this day, I still hate the black licorice. It's the flavor is just disgusting. I, I won't eat those. Thankfully, um, as a child, had I liked black licorice, I probably would have ate myself to death with black licorice. I mean, thank God you can't OD on Tootsie Rolls. I'll tell you right now, we would have had a. I, I wouldn't be here today to record this podcast in a closet. I'll tell you right now. I think the health of this guy had something to do with it as well. So you guys don't have to lose your mind over this right now. Okay, so he collapsed while having lunch at a fast food restaurant. It doesn't sound like he's taking care of his body very much anyways. Uh, the doctors found he had dangerously low potassium, which led to heart rhythm and other problems. Uh, the emergency responders did CPR, and he did revive, but unfortunately he died the next day. And apparently this is dangerous, this glycerizic acid. you got to watch out. Now, the FDA permits up to 3% of a food's content to have this glycerizic acid inside it, but many of the candies and some licorice products don't reveal how much of it is contained per ounce. And doctors you know, are hoping that the FDA will raise attention to this risk and uh, crack down on some of these licorice candies that are so damn dangerous, especially around Halloween, which is coming up, guys, you know. Uh, Thankfully, I uh, won't be trick-or-treating this year, so um, I'm not endangered, really. Normally, I wouldn't be endangered anyways because, like I said, I don't eat that black licorice stuff. I just can't stand it. It's just it's wicked gross, as you know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you guys like it, but I think it's weird. But I'm sure there's other things you want to be careful. You could possibly, could you, you might be able to OD on candy corn as well, so just be careful of that. Just everything in moderation, guys, in life. That's how you do it. Everything in moderation. I feel really bad for this guy that OD'd on licorice because of all the things to to go out on. That's not that's not a lot of fun. All right. I mean, if you were ODing on, I don't know, cheesecake. I mean, that's a great way to go. Yeah, OD on cheesecake or uh, pumpkin pie. I even love pumpkin pie. I mean, you just eat that till you're dead. I mean, there's certain things I don't mind eating till I'm dead. Black licorice is last on the list. The police break up a climate change cult. That had a giant vagina. <laughs> yeah, this is real. Richmond, California. Uh, Richmond's Point Malate was the scene of some type of cult, or it may have been an activist gathering over the weekend, police say. Officers were called late at night and arrived to find a group of 50 to 60 people dressed in all black attire. Uh, It was claimed that they might be Antifa. However, they arrived via a party bus. So probably not Antifa. Could be a bachelor party. I mean, bachelor parties are into weird things. Uh, There's a giant vagina. This sounds like a bachelor party to me. Uh, But I'm no detective. Let's find out what was going on. Uh, These people were detained inside a dock building. Um, According to the report, the group was listening to recordings about climate change and Mother Earth. (laughs) All right, maybe this isn't a bachelor party after all. It's a climate change cult. 
Let's gather in abandoned buildings and talk about how the earth is warming and the glaciers are melting. <laughs> Help us, Mother Earth. Heal us. I mean, I'm just trying to act out what was probably going on. Here's the kicker, though. The group was listening to the recordings about Mother Earth while assembled around a four-foot-tall model of a vagina. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> no doubt they're praying to Mother Earth and they're using this vagina, the symbol of life. <laughs> is this some kind of vagina cult? Is that what this is? Yeah, the cults are so squirrely and weird. I just don't understand where they come from, where they get their beliefs are they just lonely people? That's what I think at the end of the day. There's just lonely people. They're like, hey, let, what are you doing this weekend? Nothing. I don't have friends. All right. Well, you want to come and meet me and my buddies? You know, we don't have friends either. But every Sunday we get around. Uh, we go to abandoned buildings. We take a party bus. And uh, we stand around a vagina and sing about climate change. I, I, I don't know. It, it just if you, if you don't have anybody and you got nothing going on on Sunday, just, you know, hit us up. It's it's free to join. <laughs> We're looking for believers or not. <laughs> is there a chance you might get arrested? Of course. But isn't it worth it? You might find your soulmate. At this time, no arrests were made and there is no information on what the group is or what they are affiliated with. I mean, clearly they're affiliated with uh, female genitalia. Here's a quote from Richmond Police Spokesperson Sergeant Aaron Pomeroy. It appeared the event was well organized and the group may have had the props and the accessories previously staged. I'm not going to say what those props are because there's children in the room right here. I'll just tell you, it was genitalia related and it was huge. Okay, it was the biggest I've ever seen. All right. And I've been to a few burlesque shows myself. It was nothing like that stripper in Miami. But, you know, that's for another story. The incident is still under investigation and detectives will look further into the group's actions, intentions and possible targets within the city of Richmond, of course. Thank you very much. And that was Sergeant Aaron Pomeroy. Uh, mostly. Some of it was me. <laughs> what I want to know is what happened to the giant vagina? I imagine it's at the local police station. They propped it up in the office and they're all laughing at it, taking selfies with it. <laughs> and that'll be put on the Richmond Police Department Facebook page, no doubt. A Florida barber has been accused of shooting a couple of his clients. This sounds like bad business. Sounds like Florida business. Boca Raton. A Boca Raton barber is accused of shooting at two of his clients in the parking lot of a church. Ah, there's no safe haven in a parking lot of a Florida church. That's where the shenanigans are going down. Who is this? Gun toting Baba John DiGiovanni. Johnny DiGiovanni, age of 35. He was arrested on two counts of attempted first degree murder of his clients. According to the Boca Raton police, one of the clients said that he and his buddy were shot at by their barber the previous evening. They told detectives that DiGiovanni had scheduled some appointments to cut their hair, but that he hadn't shown up over the past two weeks. When one of the clients contacted DiGiovanni to confront him about, you know, why are you accepting appointments, bro, and not keeping appointments, okay? DiGiovanni started yelling, threatening them. Later that night, the men asked DiGiovanni to meet them so they could discuss what was bothering them. Yeah, we would like to discuss about our haircuts, yeah. 
The men told police that Di Giovanni told them to meet him at the First United Methodist Church. <laughs> However, when Di Giovanni arrived, he started yelling from his vehicle. It doesn't say exactly what he was yelling, but I'm sure it was something like this. Uh, what are you talking about? Uh, what are you? Uh, I, make, I keep appointments. What are you talking about? I'm busy. I'm busy. And then he pulled out a gun and he fired three shots at these men before driving away. Luckily, whew, neither man was hurt, but neither man also got a haircut. So that's just unproductive of a night, you know. They were probably hoping they could talk some sense into him and that he would just give him a quick buzz in the parking lot of a church, right? Maybe tip the priest for using the property. Maybe that's what they thought was going to happen, but it didn't. Nope. Di Giovanni was pissed, shot him, ran away, didn't shoot them, didn't hit them. They, were, they weren't hurt, thankfully. Well, this is what happens when you got a pandemic and you can't really coordinate for your regular barber. You got to go, you got to get some kind of rogue barber off Craigslist. Somebody like Di Giovanni, hey man, can I get an underground haircut? Although, I mean, we're talking about the state of Florida here. <laughs> I highly doubt that anything is closed. So clearly you can get your nails done and your hair did. So I don't even know why they're hooking up with Di Giovanni. I mean, maybe the guy gives the best fade in Boca Raton. I don't know. But is it worth getting killed over the guy who gives the best fade in Boca Raton? By the way, doesn't keep appointments and wants you to meet you wants you to meet him in abandoned church parking lots. Nah, shady. A man has been arrested and charged for trying to resurrect his dead grandmother in a cemetery. Knoxville, Tennessee officials say that a man was arrested after causing about $30,000 in damages at a cemetery. At about 2.30 in the afternoon on Monday, authorities responded to a report of some vandalism at a church cemetery on Huckleberry Springs Road. Ooh, Huckleberry Springs Road sounds like a lovely place. Not a place where people are digging up dead bodies. <laughs> well, when the officers arrived on the scene, they saw extensive damage to the cemetery. This included a lot of digging, like dug up spots here and there in the ground. Also some broken headstones. I'd imagine some flowers and gifts were scattered about. But is this a Halloween prank? What is going on here? Well, witnesses told the officers that a homeless man had stayed around the property and was actually responsible for damaging the cemetery. Officers identified the suspect, uh, 34-year-old Danny Frazier, who then told the officers he did destroy some of the property. But it was all in an effort to resurrect his dead grandmother, who was actually buried at the cemetery. But does Mr. Frazier even know where his grandmother is buried? It says here he dug up multiple spots in the ground and broke headstones. How do you explain that behavior? If you're just trying to find your grandmother, you should just pinpoint where her grave is and go to work. You should, you should not deface or dig up any of the other plots, in my opinion. But then again, what do I know about resurrecting dead bodies? I know nothing, okay? I've just seen Frankenstein, and um, I didn't learn very much. Frazier was arrested and charged with vandalism and trespassing, but nothing demonic, which I thought was silly. He should be charged with something demonic related, right? This guy's trying to raise the dead. But, I mean, there's got to be a law against that, right? Now, a couple things are going on here. Either he's out of his mind and just damaging property and claims that it was all in the effort to resurrect his grandmother, who he greatly misses. Um, or he's actually trying to resurrect his grandmother. Um, and so I thought to myself, why would you resurrect your grandmother? And I came up with the top five reasons to resurrect your grandma. Here's reason number five. 
Well, you want someone to watch your your baseball or your basketball game. You know, now, this is for a younger person who's playing team sports. You know, uh, oftentimes it's difficult to get your family members to come support you at your little league. You know, they have better things to do. Uh, you always have the grandparents, though, who are really just bored out of their minds. They'll come and watch your sport. They don't even care what it is. They don't even care how you do. They're just there to support. And it's one of the ways grandparents are very useful. Uh, reason number four to resurrect your grandma. You need information about long ago family stuff. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, this is prior to social media or any sort of online record keeping. Some of that family information and those stories are only inside the brain of your grandma. So you got to sit down with her and make her some tea, get her to talk a little bit, or maybe give her some whiskey, loosen her up a bit. Uh, my grandma, I used to drink tea with, and she would tell me all sorts of stories about our family. We were um, we were loosely related to Rocky Marciano, uh, who's a, an Italian boxer of fame, and she would tell me stories about uh, about him. And, you know, grandmas are useful for this sort of stuff. Uh, reason number three to resurrect your grandma. You want to retrieve an important family recipe. Yes. Hey, hey, you know, don't discount those old school family recipes. They're amazing and they should be passed down. And sometimes, you know, your grandparent might pass away before giving you that recipe. You got to make sure you get that. That could be a reason to resurrect grandma. You want that old stuffed pepper recipe. That's what my great grandma used to make. Whoa, boy. Oh, did I say my grandma in the previous one? I meant my great-grandmother used to tell me stories. Okay, moving on. Reason number two to resurrect your grandma. You forgot to call her before she died. I mean, we always forget to call our grandmas, right? And, and you know, I deserve my grandma a call right now. And uh, I tell myself I'm going to do it. But I hardly ever get to it. And it's a shame. And I need, I need to put more effort into that. We always forget to call our grandmas, okay? So this is a reason to resurrect your grandma. Just to have a little convo, see how she's doing, and you know, before she goes back into the grave. <laughs> and the number one reason to resurrect your grandma, guys, hold on to your seats. Here it comes. Dun, dun, dun. The number one reason to resurrect your grandma, she owes you money. Yeah, you know, <laughs> she owes you some money, so you got to get her back. Hey, you better pay me, grandma. Okay, what do you think this is? You can just die without paying me. You can't die on your debts. Okay, I'm bringing you back to life. You better pay me that money, grandma. It's NFL season, and I owe a bookie. I'm going to resurrect my grandma. Going to bring her right back from the dead today. She owes me some money, and I'm going to make a dead-ass pay. A woman calls off her wedding with a ghost because he was doing too many drugs and partying too much. What happens when you fall in love with a ghost? Oh, boy. Let's learn. Well, you should probably get a shrink, but I doubt she did that. Her name is Amethyst Realm. She looks like she's out of her mind. 32 years old. She calls herself a ghost lover. She revealed how she had to call off her wedding with her ghost fiancé because he just kept disappearing. And he started doing drugs. <laughs> he was disappearing, huh? That sounds like normal ghost behavior to me. They tend to appear and then disappear. I mean, I think the jury's still out on whether they're appearing anyways. She, she obviously can see the damn thing. Uh, I don't know how a ghost does drugs. I'm willing to learn how that's possible. Let's get into the article a little further. Here's a quote from this crazy lady. 
we've called the wedding off, okay? It was going really well until we went on holiday. He completely changed. I think maybe he fell in with a bad crowd when we were on holiday. He just started becoming really, really inconsiderate. He disappeared for long periods of time. When he did come back, he'd bring other spirits to the house, and they'd just stay around for days. I think he started doing drugs and partying a bit too much. He used to come back, and these spirits would stay for days at a time. There'd be crashing and banging and strange noises. And uh, she said that all to a morning talk show host who had to keep a straight face through all this. I don't know how you do that. Man, these talk show hosts often have guests that make your head spin. I feel bad for them. I, I got some questions about how spirits do drugs. Is it um, Are they doing uh, drugs in the spirit world? Or are, are you like witnessing like a, a line of cocaine just be sucked up by a spirit right in front of your face? I just want to know amethyst realm how spirits could do drugs if you could show me a video of that i would really <laughs> I'd, like, I'd like to see that amethyst realm lists her profession as a spiritual guidance counselor and she's earned quite a bit of media attention for many months now because she went public with her many love affairs with ghosts and her engagement to two spirits in particular yeah you're gonna get an unstable individual when you run into a name like amethyst realm you just are you know, these spiritual guidance counselors, who are these people? Really? Are you making a living at this? I'm so surprised. Here I am recording a podcast in a closet for peanuts, really trying to, you know, add some value to the earth. And, and we got the spiritual guidance counselor that people pay. They pay this lady, I assume. For what? I, I mean, I, I just can't wrap my head around it. It just seems unfair to me, you know, that people like this can make a living, you know? Now, in 2018, this lunatic appeared on the British TV show ITV This Morning, and she claimed that she cheated on her fiancé with a ghost and has since gone on to have supernatural affairs with at least 20 paranormal, paranormal beings. Her latest relationship with the ghost uh, led to her being asked to marry him during a trip to celebrate their nine months of their relationship. Um, I love the whole thing, but she, she goes on trips with the ghost. Yeah. You mean you go alone on trips? <laughs> How do you tell people with a straight face? You go, hey, so you got a, you booked a cruise? You did, Amethyst? Oh, that's great. That's great. Who are you going with? I'm going with uh, my ghost boyfriend. Uh, hello. Oh, I get it. I get it. You're going alone, but you don't want to admit it. <laughs> So you got a ghost companion. Hey, look, I get it. It's hard to be in your 30s as a woman and and come to the realization that you're alone and you might not find that one. And your biological clock is ticking, of course. But you really don't have to resort to this, ladies. You don't have to resort to, to telling the world that you got a ghost boyfriend and that you're going on vacation with a ghost. Right? Don't give up the fight. In other words, don't give up the fight. Okay, we got a whole potpourri of dating apps these days. I mean, there's a chance. There's a chance for you. You don't have to, you know, marry a dead pirate from the 17th century. Now, I'm not going to say it's easy to find a life partner, especially with a name like Amethyst Realm and and an occupation like spiritual guidance counselor. (laughs) You might want to, like, consider making a career change and going down to City Hall and changing your name to Sarah or Carol or something. Uh, definitely not Karen, but you know, something that's normal and give yourself a shot. Okay. What I'm saying is you don't have to find love through a Ouija board. I believe in you ladies, please try.
a Florida deputy gives children guns to fight demons that he said were in the home. Orange County, Florida. A now former Orange County deputy is accused of giving a child a gun and telling her to shoot anyone who enters the apartment. He also allegedly performed an exorcism on a second child. According to local media, Chris Doherty was arrested on Sunday after deputies were called to an apartment. Deputies said they found Doherty with a gun at the apartment and saw a young girl lying on the floor with a rifle. That just sounds like a nice, happy Florida family, to be honest. Just hanging out with some guns on the floor. What's wrong with that? Oh, you say there might have been an exorcism going on? Well, that's pretty typical, too, I'd say. Let's find out more. Here's a quote from the deputy in the arrest report. She was wearing a Kevlar helmet, that girl, and a bulletproof vest. She was ready to shoot anyone who entered that apartment. The child told investigators that when she woke up, Mr. Doherty told her, There were demons in the house, and they needed to burn things that were possessed. The girl said they then burned several items in the parking lot, and they performed an exorcism on her brother. (laughs) Mr. Doherty was taken to the hospital for a mental health evaluation under the Baker Act. Ooh, the Baker Act? I've never heard of that. What's that? When uh, adults tell kids that uh, demons are real and they (laughs) they need to be evaluated? This Doherty character apparently was a deputy with the Orange County Sheriff's Office since 2006, but had been fired for reasons unrelated to this incident involving the children and the demons. <laughs> ah, poor Doherty. He's never going to get his sheriff's job back. You, you know, not after this demon shooting incident and the exorcism. Maybe he could get a job working for the, for the local parish, though. I mean, he seems to be able to see demons that aren't there, and he seems to know how to handle them for the most part. you got to do an exorcism, of course. Everybody knows that you go get yourself a bulletproof vest. That's to protect you from demons. Get yourself a rifle. Yeah, because demons can be shot by bullets. Everybody knows that. A Florida woman repeatedly told the police that her name is My Butt Just Farted. The police in St. Petersburg got a call about a woman who refused to leave a gas station. Well, you know how people like to hang out at Florida gas stations. That's where all the hot shit is going down. That's where you get yourself some some meth, a little handy in the parking lot. You know, the good stuff. When the police got to this gas station, though, they were, they were in for a treat. Right? They were there to arrest her for trespassing this woman because she refused to leave the gas station. So they asked for her name. She said, quote, My name is My Butt Just Farted. My name is My Butt Just Farted. My name is My Butt Just Farted. What's your name? My Butt Just Farted. No, tell us your name. My Butt Just Farted. No matter how many times they asked for her name, she kept repeating her name is My Butt Just Farted. That's what it says here. Believe it or not, that's not her name. She's actually a 33-year-old woman named Melinda Lynn Goero. One of the ways the cops knew that her name was uh, not my butt just farted was because Guerrero was tattooed on her back. (laughs) She's charged with trespassing and providing false name to law enforcement. The cops believe she may have been under the influence. Yeah, I'm sure she's under the influence. She's under the influence of gas, obviously. Maybe a little acid reflux. I mean, she probably had some of those uh, little taquitos from the gas station. Those things will really make you fart. Those those things. It could have been a frozen burrito. Maybe she just, you know, you get that frozen burrito in there and they, sometimes the gas station will let you use the microwave if you buy the burrito right there. And she ate it and then, you know, 
Her butt just farted after that. <laughs> this is the kind of thing you can't make up. It's just such it's such a strange choice. My butt just farted because <laughs> Like if if I was going to tell you that I farted, I wouldn't even use those words to tell you that I just farted. My butt just farted. Who says it like that? <laughs> So even if she's trying to explain to the cops that she has gas, this is just a weird way to do it. My butt just farted. That's not what you say. No one says it like that. I mean, unless you're like a child. Like, what did you just do? What did your butt just do? Ah, my butt just farted. Like a child would say that. An adult, a 33-year-old woman named Melinda wouldn't say this. And that's probably why we believe she's under the influence. A student was allowed to dress up as Hitler for book week, and the principal regrets it. A child at St. Philip's sought permission to wear a costume and won a prize, even. Won a prize for the best dressed uh, as Hitler, along with students from a visiting school that was Jewish. (laughs) Can you imagine? Oh, what school is coming to visit us? A Jewish school? Now's the time to break out my Hitler costume. It says here the principal of St. Philip's actually regrets that a student, quote, with an interest in history and politics, was allowed to dress up as Adolf Hitler for book week. The student appeared as the Nazi leader as part of reading week celebrations at St. Philip's. He was also awarded one of the prizes for for best dressed. No. How? Who's given this guy a prize dressed as Hitler? You don't get anything dressed as Hitler. You know, you get, maybe you get punched. That seems proper. I know it is a child, but you know, you get removed from the school. Your parents should be called. You don't get an award, especially for best dressed. And it says here, the student was even featured in a parade that was held during the assembly. Come on. How do you feature a kid dressed up as Hitler in your, in your parade? This just sends the wrong message. I, I don't know how this guy slipped through the cracks. Let's get some more information here. The principal named Roger confirmed that the student had asked, quote, a respected staff member for permission to dress up as Hitler and that she said yes. Now, she is absolutely shattered that she said yes. And we're all really concerned about her well-being, said the principal. <laughs> yes, I'm sure, I'm sure she's shattered that she said yes. As soon as she sees him in a parade, she's probably like, well, I didn't expect the costume to be this popular. I didn't expect him to win a prize and an award for best dressed. I just thought he would just blend in in the background. I thought the Jewish visiting school would just ignore him, you know, as Hitler in the back. I didn't think it would be such a big to do. Apparently, the costume was too damn good. The principal, of course, had to apologize to all the Jewish students who he said were, quote, absolutely fantastic and pretty accepting. (laughs) Accepting of the apology or accepting that, you know, Hitler was front and center in the parade? I mean, people must have been loving the costume. It won an award, right? People, this is, this happened in Australia. Are they just like over it already in Australia? This is not a thing. Like Hitler, yeah, it's Halloween. Hell, let it, let it go. Here's a quote from a staff member. Look, look, it was very distressing, okay? It was a poor judgment call, but the follow-up and the resolution has been outstanding. Everyone's so pleased with how cool everybody was with the Hitler situation. The staff member says, This was an innocent mistake by a teacher who was respected, who was honorable, and a lovely person, who just just got it wrong on that day. 
The student involved has an interest in history and politics and did the right thing by getting permission for his book week costume. <laughs> but they just have such a great attitude about this is a lovely individual. This student really just loves history. So we're like, you know what? Dress up as Hitler. We just love that you like history and politics. We hope you're learning. The school is reviewing its policies to ensure that nothing like this can ever happen again. <laughs> I love how you have to... Let's go sit down and review our policies. Does it say anywhere in there that no child shall dress as Hitler for book week? It probably should, right? <laughs> Here's the thing. You don't need this in writing. I mean, everybody should just know it's common sense that you don't let this happen. It's like the kid that was that got in trouble at school dressing up as Hitler for Halloween. The parents totally condoned it, and it was like it was a big, messy situation. But you just don't let this happen. I think we can all agree there's certain individuals in our history that we're not pleased to see again, even if it's just in costume form. Do you guys agree or what? Call the show, 646-450-2012. Emotional support Canadians are available for Americans that are stressed during this U.S. election limbo. While the election is taking place in the U.S., north of the border, it's pretty fair to say that most Canadians are tuned in, watching how we're voting, awaiting the results. And I know you guys give a damn about us, and you can sense our stress. So we have emotional support Canadians. This is a new thing, and I'm, I couldn't be more pleased because I just love Canadians. It's nothing more pleasing than just, I would imagine... Hanging out on a porch with a Canadian or two, drinking some Molson, and just shooting the shit, as we call it down here. I don't know. Do you Canadians use that phrase, shooting the shit? I'm sure you have your own phrase. This article says it's been a long week for Americans. In a way, it feels like the sun hasn't risen in about four years. And with the forecast hanging in the balance of a too-close-to-call U.S. presidential election, the strain is threatening to break some American citizens. But fear not, O oh politi politically exhausted neighbors to the south. We Canadians in the north are here for you. Emotional support Canadians are standing by. Eh? Yes, on social media, a growing number of self-proclaimed emotional support Canadians are just reaching out, offering to help Americans that are stressed by the U.S. election as the polls get tighter and tighter. The term emotional support Canadians was trending on Tuesday evening as election results started to heat up. And the Canadians decided, hey, good time to offer some help. The offer appears to have first been extended by a Twitter user named Canadian Fletchy, who said, if voters have not yet received your emotional support Canadian, one will be assigned to you shortly. <laughs> oh, this guy Fletchy goes on to say that Americans hoping to become Canadian immigrants should stuff their pockets with Canadian tire money to trick border officials into thinking that they're Canadian. Hey, that's good advice. Any of you Canadians have any advice on how to sneak over the border and become a citizen? I'm just, I'm just asking for a friend, that's all. <laughs> and uh, also, will you accept somebody who uh, knows nothing about hockey? I'm just asking for a friend. The response on social media has been hilarious, of course, because, well, when you have Canadians involved, inevitably it's going to be funny. One Canadian wrote, Dear American friends, if you need an emotional support Canadian... I'm available. I've had a couple edibles, and I'm sipping some rye. Expect me to listen more than advise, but just know I'm here for you. 
Another Canadian wrote, No matter what happens in the election, I'll be your emotional support Canadian and send you a care package of ketchup chips and coffee crisp chocolate bars. I don't know what ketchup crisp uh, chips are, but that sounds amazing. Do, do we not have those in the States, ketchup chips? This sounds outstanding. Why don't we have ketchup chips? I don't understand that at all. This is the first I'm hearing. What other just tantalizing delights do you have up there over the border? Mm, you're really enticing me to move, guys. It's not just your health care. It's those ketchup chips. Another tweet from a hilarious Canadian says, Your emotional support Canadian is reading other tweets, but your tweet is important to them. We are receiving a higher volume of tweets than normal. Please stay online and your tweet will be read in priority sequence. Of course, many Americans on Twitter seem to welcome the suggestion of receiving an emotional support Canadian because of the stress level. Uh, I myself, I'm not that stressed about the election. I just want an emotional support Canadian because... I just think like there's no better people to have a beer with than Canadians. That's just my assumption. I don't know. I haven't had a beer with all walks of life. I mean, it's on my bucket list to have beers with everybody in the world, but I'm not quite there yet. I need some travel ducats and then we can make that happen. But man, drinking beers with Canadians. Yeah. What, what is this rye? I want some of that too. Yeah, I'm going to probably need that. Well, listen to my Canadian listeners. Please call the show 646-450-2012. And let me know what exactly you would offer Jonesy for emotional support at this stressful time in life. You can also email me, funnyjones at gmail.com. <laughs> a woman that was arrested for self-care outside a 7-Eleven was recently caught committing the same offense outside a Popeye's restaurant. Self-care is in quotes, so you know what it really means is some sort of lewd, lascivious activity. Very Florida of her. This is the woman that was masturbating in the 7-Eleven? That was her, right? In September. Yes, Vanessa Lee Jones. I remember her. <laughs> you guys remember Vanessa? Oh, good times. Wherever she goes, everybody's enjoying Vanessa when she's in a 7-Eleven parking lot. Do you remember? She's from Newport Ritchie. She was caught in front of a 7-Eleven convenience store partaking in a little bit of self-care. To make matters worse, Vanessa was masturbating in full view of not just a man, but it was a man and his nephew. Do you remember? The nephew had the day of his life, I tell you. He learned a lot that day and probably wants to stop at every 7-Eleven that he sees now. He's going to have the best memories of 7-Eleven than anybody. I don't have that kind of 7-Eleven memory. I have the memory of eating those terrible hot dogs that have been sitting on that rolly thing for days and then throwing up in the corner. This Vanessa Jones loves Sevlevs. She was arrested and charged with felony lewd and lascivious exhibition at that 7-Eleven in September. But check this out. Prosecutors decided not to pursue any charges. She was released from jail shortly after. And then this past Saturday, Vanessa was busted again, doing what she loves, committing the same kind of offense. But rather this time, she was doing what she loves in front of a, of a dumpster, completely naked, next to a Popeye's. <laughs> you know, Because you know the dumpsters, they just make you feel so frisky, right? When you're around a dumpster, you just want to remove all clothing near a dumpster, especially near a Popeye's. Oh, boy. Wow, Florida at its best. Ooh, a mugshot of Vanessa. Look at her. She's biting her lip. She's still thinking about that time she had next to the dumpster, I'd imagine. I recall this headshot, headshot, this mugshot. <laughs> I recall the mugshot. This looks like a woman that just wants to please herself. She don't care where she is. And she hopes other people see her. 
She thinks she's doing great work in the community, right? She's like, I got a good technique. Why don't I share it with people? You know, people are out there. They're masturbating. They don't, maybe they don't even know what they're doing. And some of these people, well, they're eating out at Popeye's right now. And I'm going to go there and teach them. This is how you do it. According to the police report, the 38-year-old Jones showed no sign of being drunk. Huh. Really? No sign of being drunk? Yeah, well, she looks drunk, but all right. Oh, also it says here, no no sign of being under the influence of drugs. Are you sure? You mean she's just running on pure Florida? There's also no evidence of mental health issues. <laughs> no evidence of mental health issues. I think being naked next to a dumpster, touching yourself is a sign of mental health issue. Okay, I'm not a, I'm no doctor, all right? I didn't go to school for any sort of psychology or psychiatry. Is that a word, psychiatry? In other words, I wasn't trained to spot the evidence of mental health issues, and I still say, ha-ha, this is mental health. This is an issue. <laughs> it's, a, it's the being naked part next to a dumpster, uh, which really puts it over the top. So, yeah. There's your evidence, everyone. Suffice to say, Vanessa was arrested again, faces charges, oh, more charges this time because of the exposure of the sexual organs. Yeah. It does not say whether or not Vanessa got some free chicken for her display. A Florida man brought a child with him on a multi-day crime spree in order to toughen him up. This is a lesson on parenting. A Lake Wales, Florida man is facing several charges in connection with a multi-day crime spree. He told the deputies he brought a child with him at times because he was, quote, trying to toughen him up. Trying to tough up the little critter, huh? You know, got to toughen this guy up, take him on a bank robbery. You know how it goes. Scared straight. That's what I'm doing, and I'm doing it early. Eight years old. Never too late to bring him on a crime spree. This guy's name is Ernest McKnight III, uh, which doesn't sound like someone that would take a child on a crime spree. Ernest McKnight III sounds like a butler or a professional golfer. He's 36-year-old, facing several charges from both the sheriff's office and Lake Wales Police Department for a series of crimes over several days. Deputies say an eight-year-old boy was with him. Well, he allegedly committed some of the crimes, <laughs> not all, but some, just the ones that he thought would toughen him up, you know. Now, you know, I didn't take him on that uh, that drive by. I, I figured that was a fast one. He would have never even realized what was going on. I took him. Well, I took him to rob that Wendy's. I figured that'll do it. That'll do it. I asked him to hold a bazooka. <laughs> hey, just the tough ones, you know. What happened on this crime spree? Well, first, Ernest McKnight the third stole an empty red Hyundai that was parked along a road at the time the driver was outside of the car surveying some construction. <laughs> That's great. You get out of your car to look at the construction and then and Ernest is in there with a child. Ernest McKnight the third stole your Hyundai. I have a child. Goodbye. Enjoy the construction. <laughs> I'm Ernest McKnight the third. Several days later, <laughs> November 12th, a man parked his car along County Road near the Lake Ashton community to walk his dog. That was when McKnight rummaged through his SUV, then left the scene in that previously stolen Hyundai. Oh, so he stole some crap from a guy's SUV? That's not one to toughen him up. I'll bet the child wasn't there for that. Although the child can reach in those tough places in a car. You know, you can make the child just get under the seat and get all that, all that loose change. A few hours after the incident near Lake Ashton, a homeowner saw McKnight steal a package from their front porch. Oh, my goodness. When the victim yelled at him to return the package, deputies say McKnight yelled, It's mine now! 
Oh no, it's mine now, your package. <laughs> and then he drove away in the Hyundai. <laughs> That's unbelievable, this guy. Lake Wales police say they tried to pull McKnight over in the Hyundai, but he refused to stop. <laughs> the sheriff's office aviation unit was able to find the car behind a house. Yeah. When asked why he had the eight-year-old with him, detectives say McKnight told them, oh, I was trying to toughen him up. I don't want him to be soft, you know. <laughs> he's got he's to wear that McKnight family name, the family crest. You know, we come from a long line of knights, you know. <laughs> with the McKnights. McKnight was arrested, and the child was reunited with his family. Who's the family? I assume it's not McKnight. Here's a quote from the... Sheriff, taking a child out with you while committing felonies is not the proper way to create a positive influence. Oh, thanks, Captain Obvious. I'm quite confident that there is not a child psychologist out there who would agree with this guy's idea of proper activity for a child. <laughs> Are you serious, Sheriff Grady Judd? You sound so dumb. I mean, just stating the obvious. Anyways, well, let's just hope the child is safe and a little tougher. Yay! Three men have been arrested for kidnapping a turkey and bringing it to a vodka party. This occurred last week in Riga, which is the capital of Latvia. I hope I said that correctly. Security footage shows three men dressed in black breaking into a zoo, stuffing the turkey into a black bag and disappearing. <laughs> the zoo has a turkey? That seems like the lamest zoo ever. If I showed up to a zoo and it had turkeys and pigeons, I'd be like, this is awful. Come on, man. I want to see a rhino or a mongoose. Something cool, you know? Yeah, give me a wombat, eh? Never seen a wombat or a dingo, eh? Give me some of them animals from Australia. I don't want to see pigeons and turkeys. I refuse. These men, ages between 30 and 40, took the turkey to the seaside resort of Jermala. <laughs> How do they know? Anyways, upon arriving at a train station in Jermala... Named Bolduri, which means turkey's speech in Latvia. Is that just a coincidence that the the train station's called Bolduri? Uh, or is that the name of the town, Bolduri? Either way, if it means turkey's speech, this is very coincidental. Is this story even real? Uh, we'll never know, guys. Let's just enjoy it for what it is. <laughs> uh, they headed to the beach to drink and also forced vodka down the bird's beak. Well, is that a Latvian tradition? That's a Latvian Thanksgiving tradition. Yes, we steal turkey from zoo. Then we make turkey drink vodka. Get turkey drunk. And then we drink. We, then we eat turkey, which tastes just like vodka. It's good time. Happy Vodka Turkey Day, everyone. The party was over when the police noticed the men with the turkey and arrested them for burglary and trespassing. So the beach was even off limits. No, no, that's trespassing for the zoo. <laughs> My bad. It's hard to follow all of the, the, like, the trail here. Uh, by the way, what a strange place to take a turkey to the beach. <laughs> Let's get turkey to beach and party, party on the beach. Turkeys love beach and vodka. Good time for a turkey. Hey, turkey, you ever have spring break? Well, you about to. <laughs> it's better. Hey, thank goodness you're not in America. They cut off your head by now, okay? We take you to beach, get you drunk. Huh? Aren't you happy to be in Latvia? The turkey was re returned home to its zoo, the lamest zoo, I, I declare, in the world. And it also appeared on local news. It was unharmed but visibly hungover. <laughs> it says here one of the suspects was celebrating his 34th birthday, and the other two decided to celebrate it in this strange way, says the police chief. 
Now the trio will face criminal charges for burglary, trespassing in an organized group. She said, adding that the suspects had been previously fined for hooliganism and a string of other misdemeanors. Ooh, hooliganism is a thing, huh? What is that? Just standing on the corner drinking, drinking a little vodka. You got yourself a little pack of cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve. <laughs> You're offering some butts to kids. Hey, kid, you want a cigarette? Hey, hey, enough of your hooliganism, okay? Clearly, these guys are hooligans. Robbed a turkey of its... They almost killed the turkey with vodka. I mean, this is just... I mean, in this instance, I am so for animal rights. This what, see, the animal rights groups, right? They're always, like, doing weird things. You ought to stop people from kidnapping animals and bringing them to the beach and getting them drunk. Do, some, do the world some good, animal rights groups. These poor turkeys all over Latvia getting force-fed vodka over the holidays. Why don't you do something about that, huh? Come on, PETA! The police shut down a Christmas mall kiosk after an intoxicated Santa Claus, Mrs. Claus, and Elf had a threesome in public. Yes, have a holly jolly threesome at a Christmas mall kiosk. This happened in Ohio. The cops had to shut down a mall kiosk last week after three intoxicated employees partake, partook in some sexual acts in public, a.k.a. lewd, lascivious behavior in public. And please do yourself a favor and Google this story because you must see the faces of these people. This must be the ugliest threesome party I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> this one. If I witnessed these three getting it on in public, I would be horrified. Be, therapy would be needed. I would be suffering from PTSD forever, post-threesome traumatic syndrome, whatever that is. <laughs> but it's post-nasty-people post threesome syndrome. This is horrible. I feel bad for the children that had to walk by this. Oh, the, the conversations between the parents and the children after this scene, I can only imagine. This happened in a place called Zanesville, where the police intervene after several complaints of shoppers alleged that inappropriate sexual behavior was taking place. Elmer Hines, age 73, Janet Weaver, age 62, and Elliot McCannister, age 43, were found intoxicated and in possession of crack co cocaine. <laughs> Wow, they have a lot here. They were in possession of crack cocaine, crystal meth, marijuana, and alcohol before being arrested. It would take crack cocaine, crystal meth, marijuana, and alcohol for me to get involved in a threesome with people that look like this. For sure. Even then, I don't know if I could do it. You'd have to throw in some heroin, <laughs> some opium, any other designer drugs you might come across. You'd have to invent a totally new drug for me to get involved in a threesome with these people. Please Google it. You must look at their faces. This guy's got a lazy eye. This woman has 17 chins. The other guy looks like a serial killer. Apparently, one of the shoppers took some photos of Elliot McCannister, the elf, partaking in anal sex with one of the plastic reindeers as well. Ow! How do you have anal sex with a plastic reindeer? Are you putting the antlers up your buttocks, Elliot McCannister, you maniac? Wow. <laughs> this just really takes the Christmas cake, I tell you. We have a quote from a visibly troubled shopper. What they were doing was extremely offensive, but I, I had been waiting in line for over an hour, and my four-year-old daughter would have never forgiven me if we had left the scene. She was very eager to meet Santa Claus, and we probably hung around a little bit too long. 
<laughs> yeah, you did. You hung around too long, shopper, visibly troubled shopper. And now what are you going to have to explain to your child? Your poor child wanted to see Santa, saw a man dressed as an elf being uh, anally violated by a plastic reindeer. And now, and now what, what good was that for your child? Nobody's winning, visibly troubled shopper. Listen, the moment the elf takes off his clothes, you got to exit the scene. I don't care how long you've been waiting there. No worries, guys, because the Colony Square Mall administrators have taken some strict action after this. Guess guess what they've done? They've instated a no-alcohol policy for future employees at the Christmas Mall kiosk to prevent further incidents. Yeah, well, you need to put a no-crack cocaine policy. Maybe no crystal meth policy. And you might have to get rid of some of those plastic reindeers, those sexy-ass reindeers, because they're so good-looking. You never know who's going to be enticed to have some sort of sodomy (laughs) fantasy with one of them. You know what I'm saying? Now, I would be remiss if I didn't give you some more quotes from people who witnessed this stuff. More shocked parents, some visibly shocked, some not so visibly shocked, just shocked on the inside. (laughs) Here's a quote. Miss Claus was sitting on Santa's lap moaning and groaning while while he had his pants down and while we waited in line. The elf started touching himself under his trousers and fondling Mrs. Claus's breasts as well as French kissing Santa Claus at the same time. Guys, 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 what are you so shocked for, okay? There were several mistletoes above their heads. What did you think? They weren't going to kiss each other? Come on now. Ho, ho, a mistletoe hung where you can see. They're having a big old threesome and the elf is screwing the Christmas tree. Have a holly jolly threesome at the Ohio Christmas Mall. (laughs) I can't believe this story is real. I'm so grateful that it's, it is actually real. I just feel bad for the kids, man. But guys, at the end of the day, there are some winners in this situation. Those winners, they're the parents of all the kids that were there that day because now those parents never have to take their child to that annoying Christmas Santa at the mall situation ever again. It just never has to happen. <laughs> the, the kid ain't going to want to go. The kid's been horrified and traumatized. You ask the kid every year here on out. Hey, hey, Bobby, you want to go to the? You want to go see Santa this year at the mall? What? No, Mom. I don't. I can't bear this. I'm still having nightmares about what the elf did to that reindeer. Oh, and poor Rudolph. The poor Rudolph. I can't believe what the elf did to that Rudolph's nose. I can never look at a red nose again the same way.